Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon, c'est You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Wednesday, June 28th, is one minute past 7 p.m. Eastern in Montreal. It is the NHL Draft 2023, and they are in Nashville. I am in the comfort of my beautiful podcast studio in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I find it's going to be a lot more convenient doing it from here. Had I been on the floor or close to the floor, there's a lot more noise, arena noise. We don't know how it's going to be able to broadcast. You have to get a hold of people. It's a little bit different. This, it's going to run smoothly. I am certain of that. And I want to thank all of our partners and our sponsors for making it possible. I'm going to start with Energy Transportation Group. Named by the Financial Times as one of America's fastest-growing companies in 2023 and have been recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top-growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Those are my guys, Sean Gerard, Mike Cinquino, and I'm not going to forget David Grassi, and neither should you. Also brought to you in part by Playground, your premier gaming destination, Playground Summer Million is the must-play poker event of the season, featuring 10 championship ring events, $1 million in guaranteed prize pools, and a $500,000 guaranteed main event located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal Playground. Also brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature. We have a very, very busy show lined up today, and... Um, it looks like um, Kyle Woodleaf is going to join us right off the top. And uh, so Kyle will join us any minute now. But if I can, Shane Gomo and Master Control, why don't you bring up uh, the chart of who we have lined up on the show today so everyone can actually see it instead of just hearing me talk about it. Can we do that? We can't do that. Okay, not right now. Thank God I said it was going to go smooth. All right, okay. So here's the deal. Uh, we're going to be joined by Kyle Woodleaf of the Redline Report. He's going to join us in the first hour. Uh, Byron Bader is going to join us after that at the top of the 8 o'clock hour from Hockey Prospecting. He's going to join us. We're going to get reaction from Marc-André Perrault of TV Aspar, who's the Habs reporter for TV Aspar. He's going to join us uh, just past 8 o'clock. And then, uh, of course, uh, at around 8.30 or so, uh, Grant McCagg of Recruits and Recruits.ca will join us. And uh, Tony Ferrari 
who does uh, NFL, NHL draft and uh, prospects for the Hockey News will join us as well. And then Grant will join us to wrap it up. Of course, all you Montreal Canadiens fans are watching right now. And uh, you're waiting to hear who the Montreal Canadiens are going to pick with pick number five. And that is, are they going to select with pick number five? Because, of course, there's different options here that can happen. Folks, either they, A, pick with the fifth pick, B, make a trade to try and improve their ranking, which, by the way, doesn't happen very often. I think it happened once in the last 30 years that a team that had a top five pick actually moved up. It doesn't happen very often, folks. I wouldn't count on that. Um, B, they could obviously drop back in the draft and trade pick number five and end up maybe getting two picks in the first round, or they can trade the pick for immediate help right away. And uh, we are minutes away from finding out what the Montreal Canadiens are going to do. Uh, let me just see if I can get a hold, actually, of, uh, of um, uh, Kyle Woodleaf. Hold on a second here. Because uh, he should be joining us any second now, and um, I'm going to be uh, trying to get a hold of him. Hold on a second. All right. Um, okay. Just a All right. Okay. Uh, Kyle should be joining me any minute, and uh, Shingo Mo is at Master Control, and he's going to try and get a hold of him. Um, there we go. All right. Okay. And all right. Uh, here's some latest developments for you folks. Um, Kevin Weeks of uh, the NHL Network. Kevin Weeks reporting that uh, don't be surprised that the Montreal Canadiens try and go for a goalie. And he talked about the Nashville Predators and he talked about one of their prospects. Well, of course, when I think Nashville Predators and I think uh, goalie prospects, well, uh, I think of a couple of them. But the one prospect that comes to mind more than anyone else is a goalie that was drafted round one, 11th overall back in 2020. And I'm talking about Yaroslav Askarov. Yaroslav Askarov, the twenty-one-year-old, uh, six foot three, under two hundred pounds. Uh, he um, played only one game with the Nashville Predators this year. Uh, he played several for the Milwaukee Admirals in the American Hockey League, where he played forty-eight games in the regular season, had a goals against average of two sixty-nine, a save percentage of nine eleven in the playoffs. He played twelve games, he had a goals against average of two point seven zero, so consistent in that regard. His, uh, his save percentage dipped a little bit to 9.03. So that's something that we should keep our eye on. Of course, other things to keep our eye on is going to be Michkov and what's going to happen. A lot of people are saying that this is where it's going to get interesting, that the Montreal Canadiens hold the keys to the draft. Everyone knows what's going to happen with pick number one and the Chicago Blackhawks. They're going to draft Connor Bedard, obviously, a generational talent. But then there's so many other names. There's Adam Fantilli, who for the most part, should go number two, the centerman should. Uh, Leo Carlson is another centerman who can play wing, who might go three, he might go four. If he doesn't go three, three is going to go Will Smith. You would think the American centerman that Kent Hughes knows very well, him and his family, he used to coach him many, many years ago. And of course, we know that Kent Hughes knows, and Marty St. Louis and Jeff Gordon, they especially know the American players well especially the players that play out of the Boston area and uh, and play some of their um, some of their collegiate hockey there or thereabouts. So we'll keep an eye on that. What you have to know, though, is that Mike Greer, the general manager, once again, so pick number one is Chicago. Pick number two is Anaheim. Uh, pick number three is Columbus. 
Pick number four is San Jose. Mike Greer, the general manager of the San Jose Sharks, he used to go to St. Sebastian's. You know who else went to St. Sebastian's? Jaden Struble of the Montreal Canadiens. You know who else goes to St. Sebastian's? Well, Will Smith goes to St. Sebastian's. So Mike Greer, an American himself, you would think knows a thing or two about Will Smith from St. Sebastian's. So if Will Smith is available at number four, because I'm going to tell you right now that if Will Smith is available at number five, the Canadians are going to pick Will Smith with the fifth pick. I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that, all right? But if Will Smith is available at four, does Mike Greer, who went to St. Sebastian's, the same school as Will Smith, an American himself, knows him like the back of his hand, is he going to pass on Will Smith? You would doubt it. But if he does, is he the one guy who is going to take a chance on Matvey Michkov? Matvey Michkov, based on all accounts, based on everyone we talked to, the second top pure talent in this draft after Connor Bedard. But of course, with everything happening in Russia over the last year or so, it changes the dynamic of how this draft is going to go. This would have happened several years ago. Michkov is going number two behind Bedard. Now the fact that A. Michkov has a contract in the KHL, which is for another three seasons, chances are you cannot get out of that contract. You have to respect it with the threat and the danger of actually um, he ends up re-signing another contract. We know that players, Russian players, are being dissuaded from leaving Russia to make their way to the National Hockey League. And I'm going to give you an example here, okay? So let's say Michkov is playing for Ska in the KHL. And, um, you know, he says, uh, you know, I want to make my way to the National Hockey League. Well, in his last year, guess what? They say, oh, yeah, really? You want to make your way to the National Hockey League next year? Guess what? You're riding the bench or you're a healthy scratch, you're not playing, then all of a sudden the player doesn't want to put his career on hold. And what if they say you have to extend your contract here or else you're going to sit on the bench or be a healthy scratch all season? Then he probably ends up signing an extension. Those are the dangers. Those are the risks to take. Are you willing to take the risk for a player that is a pure talent in this draft? We see him do things with the puck that are absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. We're going to have to wait and see. What we have been told, at one point, it looked like Michkov was slipping in the draft, and a lot of people were saying, you know what, Michkov is probably going to go pick number eight to the Washington Capitals. Some people were saying that. But then, now, over the last couple of days, people are saying, no, no, you know what, he's not going to go eight to the Capitals. And the Capitals, of course, have a Russian influence with, uh, with Ovechkin there and Backstrom and Kuznetsov. And you would think that that's who they would use to try and get Michkov to come over. But now we're hearing he might go before eight. So if he goes four to San Jose and they decide, you know what, we're going to go after him, the Canadians will draft either Will Smith or Leo Carlson, whichever one is available. One will be available if Michkov goes number four. If Michkov doesn't go four and he's available with the fifth pick, what do the Montreal Canadiens do? At that point, do they take Matvey Michkov. Let's hear from Kent Hughes on Matvey Michkov. Well, I, 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 listen, now that we know where we're picking, if, if we had won the lottery and we were picking absolutely number one, then we probably wouldn't have had to uh, dig into it in the same level of detail. And, and we're going to do that and, and try to understand as best we can what those obstacles are. And I think a lot of it is going to be difficult to predict. Um, but I think it's going to be, a, you know, for any team there, it really, it's kind of a, a risk 
you know, a risk reward assessment for any team that that uh, is considering drafting him. And and I would imagine, as, as I said about positional uh, preference, that it, it would be a tiebreaker. Um, so for somebody else, I, I have to believe if you're considering Mishkov and another player that you deem very, very comparable in terms of talent and potential, then then those factors are, are probably going to weigh him down. Um, but we're we're not there yet where I can say to you that that um, we believe there are others equal to him or that he's equal to them for that matter. All right. You know what? Let me hear now from Kyle Woodleaf of the Redline Report. I bring him in. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing all right, Tony. How are you doing tonight? Very well. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. It's kind of crazy, actually, what happened to Kyle. So let me explain a story here for you if I can. Kyle is a former scout with the Nashville Predators. He left the Predators many, many years ago and started up his own independent scouting agency called the Redline Report. Before a lot of these uh, TV outlets um, and started actually having their own people in a house to give their picks for the longest time, they based themselves on picks from the Redline Report. As a matter of fact, you will still hear some of them reference the Redline Report every now and then. It's just that a lot of them now are in the habit of having their own guy internally, and that person ends up, you know, of course, representing that station. And so they try and keep things in-house. But believe me when I tell you, that Kyle Woodley for the longest time has been the reference point for a lot of teams who actually um, consult with him prior to the draft. A lot of outlets consult with him. A lot of independent scouts consult with him. Kyle has a team. He has a team of five. They rented a place in Nashville, and three of them uh, had their flight canceled. Very unfortunately, if you know what's going on with the airports around the world, you would know that it's not guaranteed that they're going to be able to find you another flight. They tried all avenues for Kyle out of this city, that city, this city, that city. He got back to me. He goes, Tony, you can't believe it. They tried everything. I couldn't get a flight. So unfortunate for Kyle. This is very fortunate for us. Okay, folks, this is a privilege to have Kyle Woodleaf with us tonight because the second I found out his flight was canceled, I said, Kyle, you're coming on with me and we are going on for the first hour. So here he is, Kyle. Welcome to the uh, to the Sick Podcast. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank you, Tony. I have to say, it's the uh, other than the the two pandemic drafts that were held remotely. It's the first time that I have not physically been at the draft since 1990. Wow. Okay, that that's something we want to bring up. The uh, Chicago Blackhawks are on the clock. Uh, with about 220 to go before they go up and probably announce the obvious. Actually, they will announce the obvious, which will be Connor Bedard. I'd like to bring up our chart that we have, okay? So the collaborators who will join us tonight, the scouts who will join us tonight, we have a chart. Can we bring it up, Shane Gaumont, if we can? Of the top 32 picks. The top 32 picks. There you have it. Kyle Woodleaf, Connor Bedard, this is you, Matvey Michkov, Leo Carlson, Adam Fantilli, Will Smith, Sandine Pilica, Zach Benson, Colby Barlow, Matthew Wood, Dalibor Dvorsky, Ryan Leonard at 11, Gabe Perot, Edward Saleh, Andrew Crystal, and Nate Danielson, Mikhail Guliev, Samuel Honzek, Otto Stenberg, Michael Rabel, and David Reinbacker. These are your top 20 picks, your top 20 picks. So, Kyle, based on this, 
I'm going to ask you a question that is probably the obvious, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, and it's going to be about match Matvey Michkov. But without further ado, uh, Kyle Davidson is up to the microphone. I think he's going to state the obvious right now and uh, and uh, make Connor Bedard the first pick of the 2023 draft. We're talking about, uh, Kyle, before we get to Michkov, talk to me about Bedard, all right? Uh, the, the, the term generational talent comes around every now and then. Uh, it was thrown out there for Sidney Crosby. It was thrown out there for Alex Ovechkin. It was thrown out there with Connor McDavid. Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid. Is Connor Bedard in this company? Is he a generational talent? Yeah, I mean, superlatives are thrown around much too easily these days, but certainly Bedard is the best, the most dynamic talent to come along since Connor McDavid in 2015. Uh, generational talent. I, I don't think in this case it's an overstatement. Uh, I think Bedard is going to be a guy who will, you know, win Hart trophies in the NHL before his uh, before his career is over. He'll win scoring titles. Uh, he'll regularly be up over a hundred points. Uh, he'll have seasons of fifty goals or more. So generational talent. Yes, it I, is I, official. It is official. Connor Bedard just announced as the first pick by the Chicago Blackhawks. Kyle, uh, we were told he's a centerman who can play wing at the World Juniors. He was younger than every player on the other team. It didn't get in his way of picking up points. As a matter of fact, he scored more goals and picked up more points than anyone else. He leads all players who have played for Hockey Canada at the World Juniors in goals and assist points. Uh, and he actually has two more years of eligibility if he actually wanted to play on that team. A lot of his great moments came on the wing at the National Hockey League level. How does his game translate when all is said and done? Will Connor Bedard be a centerman or a winger? He could play center, but I would prefer to see him on right wing. Uh, he's as good a playmaker as he is. He's an even better pure shooter. Um, you know, I think if you put him with a center who can uh, be creative, uh, be a little imaginative and match wits with Bedard, which, which is not easy. Um, but if you can get him someone who can pair up with him as a creative centerman and get him the puck, you know, he's, uh, his, his shot is already world-class. It's, it's one of the top five shots on the planet right now at the age of 18. So, so. You know, I think he'd be better off as a pure goal scorer on the wing. So Adam Fantilli is a slam dunk centerman. We convene, correct? Yes, he is. Will Smith is a slam dunk centerman. We convene, correct? Yes. Leo Carlson, we've been told, can play both. When all is said and done, is he a centerman or a winger? Center, definitely. Perfect. Having said all that, and you know that centers hold a lot of value, the fact that a player that you deem will be better off playing at the right wing position is a slam dunk number one over number two, number three, and number four, for the most part, who are all centers, how big is the gap between Connor Bedard and everyone else in this draft? Uh, it's certainly bigger than those three. I, I would say the same thing about Michkov, who is also a winger. I mean, I think the gap between the top two is fairly large down to the next three. So I would, uh, you know, I would have Bedard in his own tier, the first tier. The second tier is Michkov alone. And the third tier is the three guys that you just mentioned. You just answered my question. If Matvey Michkov is available for the Montreal Canadiens at pick number five, and you, Kyle Woodleaf, former scout of the Nashville Predators, were 
the main scout for the Montreal Canadiens, you're at that table. Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, look at you and say, Kyle, what are we going to do? You look back at them and you say what? We're going to draft the most dynamic talent that the Canadians have drafted since uh, Guy Lafleur in 1971. Wow. And then I'm Kent Hughes and I look at you and I say, Kyle, we've talked about this before. He's under contract for the next three years. And he might, there's no guarantee he'll ever come over. And you say? He's coming over. He'll be over when his contract is done. And given what's going on in Russia now, you know, some money could maybe get him out of the contract a year early. Oh, really? I, I think there's a possibility that he won't be in Russia come 2026. So uh, I'm sure you've talked to some of your people about this, some people there. For the most part, is there anyone who's saying, anyone who's saying there's a risk he's staying in Russia? For the most part, everyone's saying he'll make his way to the National Hockey League? I do believe that, yes. Wow. Okay. Well, there you have it. Uh, Things just got even more interesting now. Kyle, you know what? I, I think my gut, and I don't know this for a fact, Unless, and you know what, if the Canadians, if Michkov's available and the Canadians pick him, then Kent Hughes is the best poker player in the world, and we need to get him to playground to play in the Summer Million, the must-play poker event of the season, all right? But unless that's the case, my gut tells me that they're worried about taking this player. And as a matter of fact, they might even consider trading the pick because they don't want to be the team that passed up on Michkov. There's a lot of pressure here from the media, based on what we're hearing, that this guy is in a league of his own after Bedard as the second best pure talent in the draft to draft them. I think it worries the Canadians. But then again, out of all the teams in the National Hockey League, the team that has the most intel, you would think, on Michkov are the Montreal Canadiens, whose director of scouting, Nick Bobrov's father, works for Ska. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't think Montreal is going to take Mitchkoff if he's there at five, but I think it will be a mistake. I personally think every team that doesn't take him after number one is making a mistake. You're watching live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitter. We're going till at least about 10 p.m. tonight, at least. And it, there's going to be a lot of collaborators who are going to join us once again. Um. Uh, Byron Bader is going to join us. Grant McCagg is going to join us. Marc-Andre Perrault is going to join us. Tony Ferrari is going to join us. We have an action-packed podcast for you tonight. It's an NHL draft extravaganza, the sickest NHL draft show that you've probably ever seen and will ever hear. At least we hope so. Okay, we're pretty confident about it. All right, okay. Um, Adam Fantilli, based on what you're hearing, is he a slam dunk to go number two? We know that Pat Verbeek isn't afraid of making bold moves. For the most part, people have Fantilli at number two. But an NHL player agent told me a couple of days ago, Tony, I wouldn't be shocked if they go Carlson number two. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I take Verbeek at his word. He has said for months now that they're taking a center, and that makes sense given the three centers who are going to be available to them. Um, I personally have Carlson at number three and Fantilli at number four. So 
there's not much to choose between them. Um, if they if they chose to take Carlson ahead of Fantilli at number two, it wouldn't surprise me. And if Carlson doesn't go at number two, I certainly don't think he's getting past number three. All right. Why do you have Carlson ahead of Fantilli when most have Fantilli ahead of Carlson? Listen, not a big deal. Some have him at two. The others have him at three. Some have him at three. The others have him at two. It's no big deal. But what's the difference in your opinion? Uh, he's a more mature kid. He's a better two-way player. Um, and I think he gets his teammates more involved in the game. I think there are times that for all his skill, Fantilli has a little bit of a problem when the game slows down and he has to create off of set plays. He's much better creating off the rush. Uh, and frankly, I still see him making the same mistakes that I saw him making two and three years ago. I've never seen a guy who makes as many turnovers coming out of his own his own defensive end as Fantilli. I mean, it's the problem hasn't been corrected. Coaches haven't seemed to be able to get through to him. And he's a, he's a turnover machine coming out of his own end. What do you, out of all the characteristics, what do you put the most onus on yourself? Hockey sense and skating are the two. Um, so Anaheim took Carlson. Is that what I'm seeing? Uh, it's up right now. You might be a second or two ahead of me. But yeah, Anaheim yep. has taken Leo Carlson. Yep. Yeah, I don't... I don't see that as a big upset. I mean, well, for Beak had said he was going to take a center, and I think yeah. Carlson is a better two-way center. He's more physical than Fantilli. He's better defensively. He's um, you know, he's a more mature player. Yeah. So. And I said it here. I you know I I talked to an agent a couple of days ago, and I talked to a scout a week ago. And, and I've been saying this on the sick podcast, you know, the more people I've been talking to, the more people have been telling me that in the past couple of days, lot past week, Leo Carlson's name has been coming up more often than not. A couple of people whispered in my ear, Tony, don't be surprised. Anaheim's going with Leo Carlson. It is official. They got Leo Carlson. Adam Fantilli, um, just picking up on him, um, his foot speed supposedly is something that is worrying people a little bit. So let, let me ask you about the characteristics once again how would you rate them in terms of what you think is most important for you in your scouting eyes and what's least important uh again skating and hockey sense are the two biggest skating and hockey sense yeah. and, character uh, character is is behind those two but certainly way up there and i certainly would rank carlson ahead on character i would have him slightly ahead on skating um, the hockey sense issue, Fantilli, Fantilli has terrific hockey sense. So I, you know, I might even give him a slight edge on the hockey sense issue. All right. Where they play, the leagues they play in, you put more onus on one over the other. You know, we talked about Michkov. Is the KHL a good development league? Yes or no and why? It depends on what team you're talking about. Um, with Ska in St. Petersburg, yes, good development. With other teams, there, I'd be, I'd be a little leery if I were an NHL team and I knew that my my star uh, draftee was going to be there for another couple of years. But with St. Petersburg, no. I mean, granted, he wasn't getting the ice time at age 18 this year that he would have liked. So St. Petersburg actually loaned him out to Sochi so that he could get 
uh, more ice time and, you know, first line time, power play time uh, to show off the, the skills that he has. And I think, you know, that's a really good sign from St. Petersburg that they knew they didn't really have anything more than fourth line time for him because they had a veteran team, a strong team, and they let him, they, they loaned him out to Sochi so that he could get the development that he needed. All right. Uh, in terms of uh, pick number three now, of course, it's um, Yarmo Kekalainen and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And we know, of course, that in terms of scouting, that uh, former Montreal Canadiens director of amateur scouting, uh, Trevor Timmons has a prominent role there. Knowing Yarmo, knowing Trevor, what do you think they're looking at? Uh, I think that they will go with Fantilli. Yeah, I, I think that they also want a big center with size down the middle. Um, Will Smith would be attractive to them, but doesn't quite have that size uh, that Fantilli brings. So I think that they'll they'll lean towards taking Fantilli here. Does does uh, Fantilli? Who would you compare Fantilli to? Actually, who would you compare Leo Carlson to first? Uh, you know that's a that's a good question. I would have to say, although it's a different position, I would kind of liken Carlson to Amiko Rantanen in terms of their size and the games that they play. Um, when Carlson does play on the wing, he reminds me very much of a, of a Miko Rantanen. Uh, but I do think that he's, he's a natural center who will wind up staying at center in the NHL. And who does Fantilli remind you of? Uh, I would say Fantilli reminds me not quite the pure goal scoring ability, but a little bit of Austin Matthews in that his game is not as well-rounded. He's not as edgy. Um, so I, I would say he's, he's a pure offensive player, uh, but there are, there are warts to the game. Will Smith, uh, we're going to find out pretty soon here, whether or not he's going to be available at number five for the Montreal Canadians, uh, Grant McCagg of recruits and recruits.ca will join us a little bit later on. He has his reservations when it comes to Will Smith. He's not the president of the Will Smith fan club. He said that, uh, it's play, um, Without the puck worries him. The 200-foot game worries him. Does it worry you? Um, I would agree that, you know, he's not the greatest two-way player. Um, his his game is predicated on having the puck and creating offense, and he can get a little lost in his own end. Uh, I'm not a 1,000% certain that Will Smith wouldn't be better off on the wing as a pro. I mean, he'll. I think whatever team drafts him will keep him at center until he proves that he can't play there. But I think that he will definitely start out as a center in the NHL. And if he, you know, if he does what everybody feels he's going to do, then, you know, I think Smith can, can stay at center. But again, uh, you know, he might be better off on the wing because he's a pure scorer. The Columbus Blue Jackets are up at the podium. There's John Davidson. There's Trevor Timmons. Look at him, huh? Looking nice and svelte, Trevor is, as usual, right? Yeah. I believe Trevor actually is the first person to introduce you and I, Tony. Is that right? I believe so. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. I, didn't, I don't remember that. But anyway, that's pretty cool. Uh, all right. Okay. Um, so we're waiting to hear who's going number three. And uh, it should come in any second now. So let's uh, let's see what happens here. What's your prediction? Your prediction here is Fantilli? I think Fantilli will be the pick here. Yep. 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's Will Smith. Let's hear. There's Yarmo Kekalainen. Yeah, Adam Fantilli's the pick. Yeah. Adam Fantilli's the pick. All right, okay. So uh, Adam Fantilli's the pick. And now the big question is, San Jose, <laughs> is Mike Greer, who went to St. Sebastian's, going to pass on Will Smith, who went to St. Sebastian's? Is an American GM going to pass on an American player? Is Mike Smith going to take a chance and go with Matt Vemichkov? And if he doesn't, number five pick with the Montreal Canadiens, are the Canadians going to have the courage to be the first ones to step up and draft Matt Vemichkov? We were hearing up until about a week ago that, you know, the Canadians were worried about it. And there's Michkov right there. We gave a hug to Adam Fantilli. Yep. I draft him based just on his suit. Just on the suit I draft him. <laughs> Led all U.S. college hockey skaters with 30 goals and 65 points in 30 games. Those are pretty impressive stats. Wow. Pretty impressive stats. Yep. Well, he's going to score plenty, man. That's that's not Fantilli's problem. He will score. He's got the uh, he's got the NHL body already, eh, Kyle? He does, but not not the way Carlson does. I mean, Carlson is a moose. People oh, really? don't realize. Oh, people don't realize how big and strong he is. I mean, Carlson was playing in the elite league all season long in Sweden this year against thirty-year-old men, and more than holding his own. I mean, he was he was winning the majority of the battles against men. He's a he's a horse out there. All right, let's uh, let's see what happens. If um, if San Jose takes Will Smith, yeah, who do you think the Canadians are going to take if they pick fifth? I don't think they will pick fifth. I think, think they're going to trade it. I think there's merit to the talks they've had with Philadelphia. I think uh, you could see them move down to number seven with Philadelphia. But if they do stay at number five, uh, they're going to pick Ryan Leonard. I think they'll pick Ryan Leonard. Yes. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen if they pick five. But at this point, you know, we'll see what happens. If you're going to trade down, what are you getting? You need to get something. You need to get something pretty good. Yeah. I think they'll get seven and 22 and they'll offload uh, Dvorak's contract. I think Philadelphia will take on the, the nearly four and a half million that Dvorak is owed. So you think with the Montreal Canadiens acquiring uh, Alex Newhook yesterday from the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for picks 31, picks 37, and Johnny Fairbrother, that that means that uh, Christian Dvorak's time with the Montreal Canadiens, he's, uh, he's on borrow time. I do think so, yes. Johnny Fairbrother, by the way, do you have a scouting report on him? Because they gave him up yesterday, and Trevor Timmons was high on him when they drafted him several years ago. He really wanted him. There's images there that you can find on YouTube of uh, Bergevin saying, you really want this for a brother? And he's like, yeah, you really want him? Yeah, okay, boom. They go out and draft him. Obviously, the Canadians making the deal yesterday, training him, have determined that, you know what, with the uh, surplus of defensemen that they have and the, uh, the the cupboard of defensemen that they have, that he's yeah. not going to be in their plans going forward. But what kind of a defenseman is he? And is there any risk of any regret down the line by trading him away? He is a tough, tough physical defenseman. I that mean, I know. He's not huge. I'd say he's uh, six foot, maybe scraping six foot one, maybe, and probably a little over 200 pounds, but he punches above his weight. 
Uh, I mean, is that he, the Canadians' way of saying that they have Jaden Struble ahead of Johnny Furbrother on the depth chart? Yeah, I think not just Jaden Struble. I mean, you know, you've got guys like uh, Mayu and Adam Angstrom and Hudson. I mean, I think all three of those guys are your top three defense prospects. So, you know, between having five rookies on their own blue line in Montreal last year and having Hudson, Mayu, and Adam Angstrom, there's not a whole lot of room for a, for a left-shot defenseman. So I think even William Trudeau has really come along nicely. I think, you know, he would be well ahead of, uh, certainly well ahead of Gianni Fairbrother, and I would have him ahead of Struble at this point too. So when you throw Trudeau and Struble in, you've got five guys who are pretty strong prospects coming along behind five rookies who already played for you last year. San Jose, uh, pick four is in. Pick four is in. And uh, we'll see what happens here in about a minute or two. Uh, Once again, in case you're just joining us and uh, you don't have an eye on the draft, and we thank you all for watching tonight on this special edition of the Sick Podcast. Uh, It is uh, Connor Bedard, number one to Chicago. Leo Carlson, number two to Anaheim. Uh, Adam Fantilli, number three to Columbus. And the San Jose Sharks are about to go up and make their pick with pick number four. Once again, the Montreal Canadiens, for now, have pick number five, and we'll have to wait and see whether or not they're going to pick or they're going to do something. Uh, The Sharks are getting up to make their pick. I'll say this, Tony. If Montreal has the chance to draft Michkov and passes, it'll be similar to when they had the chance in 1980, 43 years ago, to draft Denis Savard and passed him for, for Doug Wickenheiser. Yeah, Doug Wickenheiser, of course, the late Doug Wickenheiser yes. went number one, and uh, it was a bad omen right away because the first time they played the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, Wickenheiser was a healthy scratch, and Denny Savard, I think, had a couple of points and was one of, I think it was the first star of the game. Yeah. Mike Greer is there. Let's see what happens. With all eyes on the screen, this is it, the moment of truth. Will he draft Will Smith or will he draft Michkov? Most people seem to believe that Will Smith is going to be the pick. If it is, what do the Canadians do at five? And if it isn't, then you can think it's going to be Will Smith. Let's hear from Mike Greer. We're looking, we're looking. There he is. He's congratulating the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. All right. Patrick Marlowe to make the pick. Will Smith, there you have it. Yep. Will Smith at number four. Well, I think this is a scenario that Montreal did not want. But This is the scenario they didn't want. Now, let's put the cards on the table, whether or not to see if they have the balls to make the pick. That's, that's it. Exactly, that's exactly right. Right? That's it. That's what it comes down to. Either you yep. have them or you don't. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, uh, Montreal hasn't drafted a player as 
dynamically skilled as Mitchkoff since the 1970s. I mean, you had Lafleur in 71, Steve Shutt in 72, and maybe Mats Nasland in 79. And they had a chance at Savard in 80 and blew it after Sammy Pollock retired. And they haven't had a player of that caliber ever since. So for me, it's a, it's a no-brainer, but I don't think Montreal's thinking that way. All right, okay. Wow. Will Smith makes his way down. Let's uh, let's bring up George Larac if we can. George Larac, who had a chance to uh, to talk to Will Smith. Quand tu parles à tous les joueurs, puis les joueurs, ils disent tout, c'est n'importe quelle équipe qui vont prendre, je vais être content. Mm-hmm. Okay, tous les joueurs disent ça. Mais, oui, pas mais, Will, Smith, mais Will Smith m'a dit que ça serait spécial, puis il aimerait bien ça jouer pour le Canada de Montréal. Pas juste dû à sa connexion avec avec euh, Kent Hughes, qu'on le sait tous, mais faire partie d'un noyau avec confiance Suzuki, c'est quelque chose qui serait très honoré. Quoique, tu sais, il va être content n'importe quel équipe, il va aller, mais c'est sûr que de ce côté-là, il ne dirait pas non, puis il est excité à l'idée que ça soit très possible qu'il contacte euh, euh, le Canada. There you have it. George Larac on BPM Sports Radio who said, I had a chance to talk to uh, Will Smith, and he said, you know, all players will tell you that they don't care where they go. They just want to go anywhere. But he said, Will Smith said it would be really special to go to the Montreal Canadiens to play with a guy like Suzuki, to play with a guy like Caulfield. Obviously, he knows Kent Hughes very, very well, so he was looking forward to it. But I think he's made out pretty good with the San Jose Sharks. We don't have to worry about that. But once again, I uh, talked about this for the last two or three weeks now. Um, if Will Smith was available at four, was Mike Greer going to pass on him? And I didn't think he was. And I mentioned it that, you know, they both Americans, both went to St. Sebastian's and, uh, if he was available, it was going to be his pick. And now, uh, the moment of truth coming up with the Montreal Canadians and let's see whether or not they make the pick. I mean, I don't think that your, that your gut has been wrong. I think Kent Hughes is, you know. I don't think he's been trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. I think as an organization, I don't think Montreal relishes the thought of drafting Meechkoff waiting three years. I just don't see them. I think they're too risk averse at this point to to do that. And Meechkoff telling members of the media, by the way, he met with several teams, the Montreal Canadiens being one of those teams. And he let those teams know, listen, I want to play in the National Hockey League. If you're wondering if I want to play in the NHL or not, I want to play in the NHL. I know for for sure that he has spoken with a lot of Russian players who've been over in the NHL, came back and are now playing in the KHL. He's constantly asking them, you know, what are things like in the NHL? Where, you know, where should I want to be at? You know, he's he's already thinking about his future in the NHL. What do you what do you make of you know rumblings that he's probably not the best teammate uh, and all that stuff because you're hearing some of that when you hear that and by the way we've you know he's not the first guy we've heard this about we've heard it about some others uh, so, you know sometimes it's legit sometimes it's not but when you hear a player is not the best teammate does that scare you off? <sighs> Depends. I mean, you have to consider the source. This is also lying season. There's, you know, <laughs> scouts are going to lie to try and uh, to try and get a guy to slip maybe down to them. Um, all I can tell you is when the game is on the line in the third period and it's tied or you're a goal behind, the guy who wants the puck on his stick is Meechkoff. 
And when he gets it on his stick, he does something with it. It's the first time the Montreal Canadiens have a top five pick in consecutive seasons since 71, 72, when they drafted Guy Lafleur in 71 and Steve Schutt in 72. We have our eyes on the screen, the tables on the Montreal Canadiens. There's little movement so far, and we'll see what happens. Pick five is in. Pick five is in. The moment of truth. Yeah, I'm afraid it'll be Ryan Leonard. Not that he's not a good player. He'll be a good player, but he's not on the level of a, of a Mishkov. If you're going to take a winger, take the better winger. If you're going to take a winger, take the better winger. <laughs> it's oh, pretty simple. Carey Price going up to make the pick, it seems. I don't know whether he's going to make it, but he's with. He's probably not going to make it. It's probably going to be Kent Hughes, but he's up with Hughes and Gordon. Yeah. Like Nick Suzuki was up with them about a year ago as well when the Canadians drafted, uh, of course, Uri Slavkowski. Jeff Gordon, Jeff Molson, Kent Hughes, Martin Lapointe, Nick Bobrov, Vincent Cavalier, Marty St. Louis. And here we go. There we go. Oh, the selection is going to be made by the former fifth overall pick, Carey Price. Rhinebacker. David Reinbacker. They went with the defenseman. There we go. They went with the defenseman. Well, they haven't gotten any better at drafting. You have this player where on your list? Let's bring up your list again of your top 32. 20. You have him at 20. You don't even have him as your number one defenseman. You have Axel sending Pelica at number six. Correct. Why do you have Pelica ahead of Reinbacker? Better skater, better offensive skills, um, will be a power play quarterback at the NHL level, uh, will be a legitimate number one defenseman in the league. Reinbacher, for me, if he hits his ceiling, he can be a top-pairing guy, but he'll be the guy who pairs up with the more offensively skilled guy. Carey Price, by the way, um, forgot his name. He said David. He didn't remember the family name. He looked around. He looked back. Kent Hughes came in and tried to save him told everyone that they planned it that way. Obviously, they didn't. No. This is a really bad omen. 
This is a bad omen. When the guy goes up to pick the, the, the name of the player and forgets the player's name, I just have a feeling this is a really bad omen. I wish David Reinbacker all the best, but uh, this is just this is this is just like it's it's like a movie gone wrong right now. It really is. This is like a movie gone wrong. Oh my God! Why do you have him at twenty? You have him at twenty. You have David Reinbacker at twenty. Mm-hmm. Why do you have him at twenty? He's a good, solid defenseman. As as I said, a guy like Pelika will be the number one defenseman who, you know, if he hits his if he hits his potential, will score sixty to seventy points. Will he'll be your your zone entry machine? Uh, he will run your power play. David Reinbacker will be perhaps perhaps a top pairing defenseman, but if he is. He'll be the guy who pairs up with the number one guy. We had this kind of season. All this suffering to take a defenseman that some scouts like yourself don't have as the number one defenseman on their list and have a 20th. They took him at five. Yeah. I'm speechless, but I'm not surprised. There's two things here. Organizational need. Safe pick, probably. Not too many right-handed defensemen. And um, when, if, you when gonna, if you were going to take Reinbacher, you could have traded the pick. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. When has uh, drafting for organizational need in the top five ever served Montreal well? How Never. How did it go with Kotkaniemi? How'd it it go didn't go well with Kotkaniemi, and it didn't go well with Galchenyuk. There you go. You've got five rookie defensemen last year, plus the five prospects that I just named, and you're concerned because you don't have enough right-hand shot defensemen. So what? Trade a left-shot defenseman for a, light, for a right-shot defenseman. It's not hard. I think the honeymoon is over, right? I would say officially. I think the honeymoon, the honeymoon Wednesday, June 28th, 7.45 p.m., the honeymoon is over. Yeah. Now the key question is, will Mishkoff make it to Washington at 8? My God, Carey Price didn't even know the guy's name. Yep. Carrie, we love you. Really, we do. You had a great career, and you know, you know just you, we really love you. But you, you had one job. They brought you up just to get one job. You won one. You, you, you know, Steve Harvey. You had one job, right? To name the winner of the pageant. You had one one job. That's it, right? You didn't have to. The the the, the name on the on the on the uh, on the cue card was was not the winner. Right? It was the 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 runner up. Right? The next one was the winner. Right? Oh, jeez. This is just such a bad omen. Like, just I, I, I think I'm going to be sick to my stomach. Really, this is terrible. This is really terrible. Yeah, there's no sugar coating that one. So, a message by Thomas Vanek, a fellow Austrian, uh, message for David Reinbacker. 
Has Austria ever produced defensemen in the National Hockey League? Yeah, there have been a couple. Yeah? I'm sure there have. It's More recently, though, it's all been forwards. I mean, Marco Rossi was a high pick. Yeah. You know, Vanek was a high pick. Yeah. So it's it's I mean last year Marco Casper was a was a high pick from Austria. Yeah. But, but defensemen? Not high picks. I think there have been a couple of Austrian defensemen who played in the league, but not you know, not studs. This is great. This is just great. Is this a joke? It's a bad one if it is. <clears throat> So obviously they were worried about taking Michkov, like every other team has been so far. Arizona up next. But what I don't understand, when you talk about organizational need, Ryan Leonard was also an organizational lead. Absolutely. Goal-scoring right. winger. Goal A goal-scoring winger who plays like the Kachuk brothers. Why wouldn't you want him instead of a right-handed defenseman? Beats me. <laughs> because the right-handed defenseman who's a potential first-pairing guy, you already have is Logan Mayu. Yeah. But who's the right-winger power forward? Who's that? Arizona takes Simashev. Okay. Arizona off the board a little bit? Yeah, I mean, he was a first-rounder, but I wouldn't have, you know, if you're if you're going to tell me that the first Russian off the board was going to be Simashev ahead of Mishkov, no. Sorry, if, you, if you've got the guts to take a Russian, you take Mishkov. Why is Mishkov scaring everybody off so much? Because now you can throw the Russian thing out the window. You just took a Russian. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, not. I'm sure Simashev does not have three years left on his contract over in Russia. That's a valid point. Do you think that the tragedy that happened in Michkov's family has scared scouts off in terms of if there was something there, there's another reason to keep him behind in Russia. That's possible. I don't have any insight specifically into that situation, but we don't know what and what NHL clubs might have unearthed in doing their due diligence on that situation. And absolutely every team drafting in the top 10 did their due diligence on that situation. Well, this draft has taken quite the turn, huh? Quite the turn. Quite the turn. Wow. Simashev, by the way, on some lists, was rated as far down as 30th. That's where we had him. You had him at 30. And I, I will say that, you know, we definitely downgraded him a bit because of the Russian factor.
All right. Wow. At pick number seven, what are you thinking? I don't think Philadelphia lets Mishkoff get get to Washington at eight. I think Philadelphia is going to take Mishkoff. Oh, really? I do. We're going to find out right now. Would be quite the coup for Danny Briere. I don't think Danny Briere is scared to pull the trigger. I don't think he is at all. But once again, Bobrov's got intel here. Like, I know Bobrov and, and Gordon are close, but man, he's he's putting a lot on the line here, and he's got he's got some information. He better hope it's the right information that he has. Yeah. Because if Mitchkov ends up making it to National Hockey League in three years from now, and is the closest thing to Bedard, we got a problem. We got a big problem. That is correct. Wow. All right. Um, we, um, I appreciate your time very, very much. We've done, what, close to about 45 minutes here, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle Woodleaf, the Redline Report. Follow him on Twitter. At least the Redline Report is on Twitter, Kyle. I don't know if you are. But on Twitter, it's the Redline Report. D-A-R-E-D-L-I-N-E Report. And you've been running this agency for how long? 24 years. 24 years. Yes. Wow. Congrats, Kyle, on all the great work. And I'm sorry that uh, your your flight was canceled, but I have to tell you selfishly, I'm, um, you know, I was pretty excited when I found out that you would be available to do this. And uh, you know what? You're, you're so passionate about the game and the drafts and stuff. I didn't have to ask twice. The second I asked you, you said, yeah, you know what? Let's do this. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Kyle. Happy to be with you, Tony. All right. There you have it. Uh, Kyle Woodleaf of the Red Line Report. All right. It looks like um, uh, Byron Bader is going to join us any second now. Uh, looks like he'll join us any second. And uh, we're going to get reaction, of course, by um, um, by um, Marc-Andre Perot. Grant McCagg is going to join us as well. And uh, we have uh, we have a lot to talk about later on in the program. Tony Ferrari will join us. And uh, this is everyone's just in a little bit in shock here. But you know what? It, it As much as everyone's in shock, it kind of went down the way a lot of us thought it would go down. Uh, just going with a safe pick and going with organizational need and grabbing, you know, the right-handed defenseman. We thought it would be either the right-handed defenseman or it would be the winger who played a power game and Ryan Leonard. And in the end, it was the defenseman. I think I'm going to end up having, listen, folks, if he ends up being the best defenseman in the draft, it's not a bad pick for the most part, though, right now, it's just not a sexy pick. That's the problem. All right, okay. Let's uh, let's see what happens here with the Philadelphia Flyers. And let's see what they do. The Flyers are up. Pick number seven. Washington is next with pick number eight. It's Keith Jones making the pick. 
They're all talking about David Poyle, of course, with the draft taking place in Nashville. Let's bring in Byron Bader of Hockey Prospecting. Byron, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Very good. Thanks for doing this. We're just about to hear the Philadelphia Flyers pick. There we have it. Mave Michkov. Oh, boy. The Flyers take Michkov. What do you think? Wow. I'm I'm surprised he made it that far. Uh, Yeah, like he looks very... I mean, you got to wait on him a little bit. You got to wait on him three years, but but he's, I think he's going to be a superstar when you look at him in like a model like mine. I mean, every player that looks like that turns into like a point per game superstar. You know, he looks he looks very similar to Bedard. So a bit surprised he made it all the way to seventh like this. If we can, Shane Gomo and Master Control, um, let's, uh, let's bring up Byron's top 32. Byron had Connor Bedard one, Fantilli two, Michkov three, Benson four, Will Smith five, Leo Carlson six, Andrew Kristal, Goliev, Ryan Backer at nine. Let's go back to the Canadians pick. They picked Ryan Backer with the fifth pick. You say what? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I certainly think he's probably the most you know, well-rounded defenseman in the draft. And, you know, he, he, he's a two-way defenseman and he also has the offensive punch in a model like mine. He looks, he looks pretty good, you know, different comparables, but um, like Victor Hedman is kind of best case scenario, you know, a guy like Morgan Riley look like that. So you're probably getting a really good player. You're getting, you know, a top four guy, maybe a guy that can kind of drive your first power play unit. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that uh, that maybe Mishkov wasn't the pick there. Wow. Uh, you talk to us about how you grade your players. Uh, without giving away all your trade secrets, how do you grade them? So it's essentially using this uh, this idea of this equivalency metric. So if you look at all these different leagues, you know, there's about 50 theoretical leagues that all these players can come from. Yeah. And a point you know, in the OHL is different from a point in the college and it's different from all the Euro leagues, which is different from high school and all these different leagues when you compare it back to, you know, how they produce in the NHL. So it's essentially taking all this information and putting all these players on the same level playing field. And then you add in different metrics like, you know, their age, like a guy born in the summer versus somebody born maybe in like January. Like that's a big, big difference. And then you era adjust everything for, you know, the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s. And basically, you know, a superstar or players that really make the NHL, they they often have a similar pattern. And essentially, you know, they have these highest sort of normalized scores earlier. And yeah, and that's kind of the pattern. And, and you know, the, most superstars, they hit these really high levels really early. So that's kind of what my model is doing. And then when I'm ranking the top 32, I'm also kind of taking into account uh, – their uh the reputation so where they're sort of ranked by most consensus drafts because they're obviously going to get the best shot but that's how it's kind of formulated it's you know a lot of math involved and um and yeah but that's that's kind of how it works so when you put your metrics together on Michkov, uh, what do you have i mean when you look at yeah his pre-draft scoring from last year and then this year like there's very few that look like this and all of them have turned into essentially point per game superstars. Bedard looked like this. 
you know, Sidney Crosby looked like this. Uh, McDavid looked like this. Um, Jack Eichel, Patrick Kane, Jack Hughes, Austin Matthews, like everybody that looks like Bedard and Mishkov has, has turned into essentially a point per game or more superstar. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what's, what's being passed over seven times here or six times. Wow. So based on the metrics that you use, um, it's the same metrics for those superstars that you just talked about who have turned out to be superstars in the National Hockey League level. I mean, anything can happen, but you're basically telling us that if Matt Michkov comes over and plays in the National Hockey League, he has superstar written all over him. Yeah, like I would expect him to produce on a similar plane to Ovechkin, uh, Panarin, and Kaprizov, and I'd be pretty shocked if he if he didn't really hit that level. Wow. Um, even though I'm, it's just you and I right now on the stream, but of course there are over, um, uh, 1100 watching on YouTube alone and we add Twitter and Facebook to that over 11, over 1500 strong. You would think I sense a dejection right now. Like you can't believe I sense a fan base that is just distraught, uh, devastated, uh, emotional. Um, do you, when you yeah. said, Seven teams passed on Michkov. Six teams, I guess, technically. Uh, yeah. Six. Uh, pardon me, yes, because the Flyers grabbed them at seven, correct? Yep. Um, would you say they lacked courage? And not Chicago, obviously, because we knew that Bedard was going number one, but the other five teams, did they lack courage in your opinion? I don't know if it's courage or if it's, if it's foresight. If, you know, you're thinking three years or maybe that, you know, this dicey situation in Russia where you never know where it's going to go. You think that, you know, he's not going to come over at some point. So you need to take a safer sort of North American pick. So I don't know if it's courage or, you know, their, their thought process is a player is going to make an impact, you know, prior to that three years, which is, you know, pretty rare for an NHL, even if they make the NHL within that three years, you know, um, they often aren't doing much before that kind of three years. I mean, Bedard will obviously, Fantilli probably will, Carlson probably gets a good shot. But I mean, after that, you're basically looking at at least three years anyway. So, yeah, I I don't know if it's courage or if it's just um, you know maybe maybe more of a you know looking ahead and when players actually come in and when they make an impact. Because yeah, I think Mishka is going to come in in three years and and be just just like that kind of you know Malkin. Kaprizov thing where he steps off the plane and immediately just starts to cook. So Ryan McClellan of the Washington Capitals up on stage and they'll make their pick in just a second. But once again, it feels like Kent Hughes had a chance to hit a home run, but was just content on hitting a double. Yeah. I think that's probably a fair assessment. Ryan Leonard looks like. Yeah. So the pick is in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, Ryan Backers, yeah, he's a great prospect. You'd probably be happy to get him, you know, fifth overall, most drafts. This is a really deep draft. And yeah, I just think they should have gone Mishkov there. Just, you know, they're not ready to, to blow the doors off and start competing quite yet. So, I mean, waiting a couple of years for a player like that. I mean, I think it was, you know, it, was, it would have been perfect for Montreal. So yeah. I can, I can, I can, you know, feel their, um, their dejection a little bit myself because 
because I'd be a little upset as a Montreal fan. Would you have taken, um, if you had to take between Reinbacker, so if you're not taking Michkov, would you have taken Leonard before Reinbacker? Um, no, not necessarily, because Reinbacker, this, this draft isn't really loaded in terms of D, and like I said, Reinbacker is probably one of the best D in the class. I mean, it's certainly well-rounded, but he also has, you know, that look in the model that says this guy could be, you know, a really good, you know, offensive star-like defenseman. So I would probably, you know, if Mishkoff's off the table, I'd probably go Reinbacker there between the two. All right. Zach Benson put up incredible numbers in the WHL, but unfortunately for him, undersized. Uh, We take a look at the Canadians who just got Newhook. They have Caulfield. They have Suzuki. Um, It would probably mean a lot of small players. We saw the way Vegas won, and they won with a relatively big team. That's probably what scared off the Canadians. Is this what's scaring off a lot of teams? Benson sliding a little bit as well, or? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, if he's because I think he's about five ten or five eleven. Like if he's even average height, six feet, six one. Like he's probably going maybe even in the top five. Um, yeah, I mean, like in a model like mine, he looks great. Very rare. He actually looks like another short player who's turned out really amazing. So I'm surprised that they would stay away, but he looks exactly, well, almost exactly like a guy like Mitch Marner. And I mean, Mitch Marner went fourth overall and and worked out almost better than expected. So I'm a bit surprised that he's kind of, you know, sliding this far. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably the size thing. If he was, like I said, two, two or three inches taller, he's probably going a lot higher. All right. Okay. Uh, what can you tell me about um, about uh, Ryan Leonard, who was um, just selected? Yeah, I mean, with the the scouting report on him is he's just like a really he competes every single shift. You know, he's he never takes a shift off, whether whether he's down by seven or up by three. Like every moment matters. So I mean, you're kind of going for that compete level. You know, when you look at him, like in a model like mine bit of an older player um pretty good production in his in his draft year but not like that elite elite quality um and then you know the the pre 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 pre-draft year production not overly strong so when you look at guys like this like they only turn into stars about one out of every four or one out of every five times so i mean you're probably getting you know a nice a nice two-way center um but you know probably not like a superstar or anything like that all right, okay. Uh, who do you have next up on your list? Let's bring up your list one more time. Take that off. What was that? There we go. All right. Let's get your list there. Okay. Um, Bedard, Fantilli, Michkov, Benson, Smith, Leo Carlson. Uh, let's keep the list up if we can, okay? Mm-hmm. Leo Carlson, you had sixth on your list. He went two. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's that's not really a knock against him. That's more the strength of this 2023 draft. So, in my model, like he looks, he looks good. He's almost a little underrated by my model. Just he had a really massive year last year, and then he moved moved over to the SHL and then he didn't really jump up another level, which is kind of what the model is looking for. It's looking for you to make these big jumps through these progressions. And when you look at players that didn't really jump like that, like, um, yeah, they don't, they don't tend to hit as stars as much. So that's why he's ranked a little bit lower, but again, it's, it's not really him. Like 
I think he's a little bit undervalued in the model, but the five that I have ahead of him just look so, so good. And like, almost like these rare elite profiles, like mm-hmm. I think you have Bedard, who's a generational talent looking. Mishkov looks generational. Fantilli, you know, compares with guys like Pat Lafontaine and Lindros. And then Zach Benson, like I mentioned, he looks like, you know, Mitch Marner and, and Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza, you know, Will Smith looks like, you know, a guy like Marion Hosa. So then that's, that's why he's ranked there. He's just, the guys ahead of him just look so, so good. And, you know, the reputation is is quite high with him. And, and that's where he kind of slotted for me. All right. Okay. Um, is Carlson definitely a center? Um, no, he, he plays both sides. So, I mean, yeah, he's big, he's, he's strong. You know, I think he mostly played center and in the SHL this year, but he could probably go either way. I mean, a lot of the times you, you draft these guys as centers and then, you know, you move them over to the wing and then you use them um, here and there and face offs and that type of thing. So, you know, he'll probably do a little bit of both, but I imagine he'll be a center in the NHL, but yeah, but who knows. Steve Eiserman, who a couple of years ago um, drafted a defenseman, of course, Moritz Sider, who a lot of people had on their list at 17 or 18. I think he drafted him six is up. The Detroit Red Wings are, are going to make their selection. There we go. The centerman, Danielson, yeah. Yeah. That's a bit bit high for him, I think. Was that nine yeah, overall? You know what? He when was Steve kind of Eiserman, the teams. When yeah. Steve Eiserman steps up to a podium and drafts the centerman, I have confidence Steve Eiserman knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Let Brandon Well, I can tell you he doesn't look like Steve Eiserman in the bottle. Like Steve Eiserman looked amazing. Danielson doesn't look quite that, you know, extraordinary, but but yeah, yeah, you always gotta trust Eiserman anyways. Yeah. Well, Montreal born Joe Valeno, of course, was a uh First round pick of the Detroit Red Wings seven several years ago when he went thirtieth uh, overall. That was the year of the Kakanyemi draft, by the way. That was the mm-hmm. Kakanyemi draft, right? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, that is that is correct. Yeah. All right. Okay. I want to bring back up your list again, if we can. Mm-hmm. Where did you have Danielson? Uh, where did I have him? I had him twenty uh, fifth. Wow. So, yeah, when you look at him, like he's he's older, so he's born September, like he's as old as you can get because he's born September twenty seventh, and the production, like he basically, he kind of plateaued in his draft year. His production in his pre draft year was pretty good, but then he didn't really go up another level in uh, his draft year. So you look at that, you combine that with his age, you know these guys turn into stars like once every five years. So you're basically almost certainly not getting like a offensive star out of this. So, you know, mm-hmm. you draft in way center. I mean, that's kind of what you're, what you're, what you're hooked to now, because that type of archetype and that type of look of a player doesn't, doesn't really turn into like a big, a big stud, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the all-star studs too often. So that's what you're kind of getting with, with a guy like Danielson. And, and like I said, probably, you know, a bit early and he's, he's probably, you know, a bit earlier than a lot of teams would have taken him. So um, yeah, kind of interesting. They, they went with that, you know, in the top 10, especially. Yeah. And Dalver Dvorsky, by the way, who, you know, center slash wing has not been taken yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, foot speed issue. Um, 
I, th- I think it's okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a scout. Um, from what I watched, he, he seems okay. He, when you look at him, you know, he, he kind of has this, this Jekyll and Hyde thing in terms of like a model, like he, he didn't really do too much in the Alvenstam, which is like the secondary Swedish league, but it's actually like a really good quality league. But then in the J20, he looks really good, but it's off of a small game sample. So yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really a foot speed issue there. Uh, you know, a younger guy is big, um, you know, really highly thought of. So I think he's going to go pretty quick here. All right. Okay. Uh, I see you have Quinton Musty at 13 on your list. So we have a, uh, a collaborator, Simon Snake Boisvert, who's actually going to join me tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, we'll start at the same time, by the way, folks, which is 7 p.m. Eastern time. Round two to round seven goes tomorrow. It starts at 11 a.m. in Nashville, all right? We're going to bring you the podcast tomorrow night at 7 p.m. live again. And Simo the Snake Boisvert is going to be with me tomorrow to wrap up the draft. Simo Snake Boisvert has Quinton Musty at number six on his list. Mm-hmm. You have him way up there as well at number 13. Uh, here's another guy. Here's a guy who also on some other lists you'll find at 25, 26, 27. You have him at 13. He's got him at six. What can you tell me about him? He looks like he's got a lot of tools. Yeah, I mean, he kind of has a little bit of everything. Like he can score, he can pass. He's he's big. Um, you know, he's not like one of these, these smaller guys that, you know, often 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 drop in these drafts so i you know normally a guy like this would go kind of in the top 10 or at least in the top 15 whereas he might fall to like the 20s type thing and again it could be the strength of this draft but yeah you look at guys he's also very young he's born in july so when you look at guys that are similar size to him and produce like that you know this this kind of normalized scale that i've been talking about um that were drafted after in the first round, like there's very few misses and it's a lot of good hits. You know, Jonathan Huberto looked like that and Sam Bennett and um, Evander Kane, Kyle Turris, Pierre-Luc Dubois, your, your friend there. Um, lots yeah. of hits. And then you know, there's yeah. very few of these. There's very few busts, I would say, from a, you know, from a player that looks like that, that has a similar size and is like a, a similar age. So, yeah, really like that pick and like i said like typically a guy that looks like that often goes kind of at the back end of a, of a top 10 but this is yeah. just such a strong draft that he he might fall you know he might fall into the 20s but i think i think a team's gonna get a, a pretty good player there since you talked about dubois of course he was traded yesterday to the los angeles kings for a left winger a centerman a right winger and a second round pick in the 2024 draft uh, what did you make of the trade, and uh, are the Canadians going to regret not going all in for Pierre-Luc Dubois? Um, I thought it was a pretty good trade. Like, you know, um, I thought Winnipeg made out pretty good to get, like you've kind of mentioned, like a full line. Um, I think Velarde's kind of the the more special piece there. If he can stay healthy, he's had some pretty significant back injuries and stuff in the past, but if he can, if he can stay there, I think, you know, I think he could be a, a big piece and then get in the second as well. So I thought it was pretty fair value, especially for a guy that was, you know, kind of writing his ticket for where he wanted to go. And um, yeah, I mean, will the Canadians regret it? I mean, maybe, but I mean, it was also, yeah, it costs quite a bit. They're kind of, you know, they're at the earlier stages of their, of their, um, of their rebuild. So are you taken away from, you know, the big pieces that you have in your system to get them? Are you going to have to pay, you know, maybe like a Lane Hudson or something to try and get him? And then you're not 
quite ready to compete. And then he's just kind of sitting on the roster making eight and a half million bucks for three or four years before you can even kind of, um, you know, get, get into the playoffs and get rolling. So yeah, they might regret it, but I, I think, you know, maybe even like the timing for Montreal wasn't quite right. And, and like your podcast kind of mentioned, like maybe he never really wanted to come here anyways. So, you know, you just, you move on. And I, yeah, I think it was fair for, for both sides and, and he seems happy now. So. The uh, St. Louis Blues uh, went up with the 10th pick overall in the draft. Uh, we should have it here just a second as I'm a little bit behind on the TV. Looks like it was a player we were just talking about. Dalibor Dvorsky. Dvorsky, there he is. Yeah, who had a, his last tournament that he had, he was very, very good though, huh? He was very good. I know that Grant McCann. Yeah, yeah, he was great. He was going to join us in about 25 minutes time is the president of the Dalibor Dvorsky fan club. He has him at number three on his list, by the way. He has him at number three. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's big. He's young. Like he, like I said, like he he showed well in in the one league. Um, So he's kind of like a unique case, but yeah, like I kind of had him right around this ninth, 10th hole. So kind of right right where he was expected to go basically so hey uh, byron before we let you go uh kevin weeks has told us via twitter that uh don't be surprised the montreal canadians are in uh and and probably pursuing a goalie prospect um from the uh nashville uh predators what do your numbers tell you on askarov yeah i mean i think that Completely makes sense for Montreal. Askarov, I would say, is one of the best goalie prospects in the world, not currently playing in the NHL. Um, you know, he was Russian prospect, drafted in uh, 2020 in the first round, playing in the Russian circuit, like, really early. He got into the KHL really early. So from my goalie models from, um, from HockeyProspecting.com, he shows really well. Goalies that, you know, hit that kind of KHL circuit like that really early like that they often come over and do very very well in the nhl so i think that would be uh that would be a big win for montreal to pursue him as of course depending on what the cost is but i really like that for montreal thanks so much we'll uh we'll talk to you soon i appreciate you uh being part of the podcast tonight yeah no problem thanks for having me on thank you very much there you have it byron bader all right okay uh let's go to mac andre pero who's a, a regular collaborator usually on wednesday night so it's fitting that he's with us tonight from TVA Sport, he covers the Montreal Canadiens. He's their Habs reporter. Comment vas-tu? Ça va bien, mon chum. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay, but uh, I got to tell you, just a read of social media and, and based on everyone who's live with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, it seems like a, a big sector of the fan base is dejected. This was not the sexy pick. It doesn't mean no. it wasn't the best pick, yeah. but it wasn't the sexy pick. How many of them saw the kid play that's that's the first question we we, we have to ask uh and then i mean it's can't it, use is not a gambler that's to me it's the most important thing to say can't use is not a gambler so to me it was I, I was not surprised he wouldn't go with mishkov uh i don't i mean i, I have to be honest i'm not following the the prospect enough to tell you that you you know i'm I'm surprised or it's a bad pick or it's a good pick. 
But to me, it shows again that Kent Hughes, uh, he has a plan and he's not gambling. He's just staying focused with that plan. And he's, I, I, it, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Wow. And Carey Price? <laughs> that is so sad. It's, it's written honestly it's really really sad eh? and uh, I, i'm we, sure we probably shouldn't even be talking about it because he probably feels bad i mean it sucks oh, yeah. this is like this is like going up singing the anthem and falling down you know when that's happened to a I'm few sure. uh, a few people yeah. or, or forgetting the word in, uh, the in quebec city when she fell that poor lady uh, yeah yeah i, I was there ago. i was oh, there really? for that game. yeah 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 but was, uh, I, i'm sure carrie feels so bad because it's the kid's moment and a lot of people remember will remember that pick, and you know it's gonna follow him like it followed Giroud for so many years when the Bobby Clark forgot his name. I I, I felt so bad for Kerry. I I didn't even think it was funny because I felt so bad. But hey, I mean it is what it is, right? There's worse in life that you know being called on the stage from from Kerry Price. But yeah, it's it's sad. Um. Here's uh, Carlo Caliacovo, very confused about the GoHabs go pick. They played five rookie defensemen last year, have Lane Hudson coming up, and they take a defenseman with a fifth overall pick and a forward-heavy draft. That's, uh, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a surprise for that. Uh, lots of good forward were still available, but I, I, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, Bedard, uh, Fantilli, uh, I think they were very high on Will Smith from what I've been told, so... After that, I don't know. But to me, Will, Will Smith was the, the guy they were targeting, and then when he got drafted the uh, from the team before, they they just said, "Well, you know what? We go with the plan B, and this is the the defenseman." But you, you never have enough D's, right? Remember, uh, Nashville Predators. They had Weber. They had Yossi. They had um, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Uh, uh, Ellis, Ryan Ellis. Uh, they have uh, Matthias Ekholm, so they were able to to trade for a Sam Gerard. Uh, so, so you never have too many good defensemen. It's it's easy to trade after, so it's a good asset. And now they're in business. Remember a few years ago, like everyone was like, okay, uh, you know, the Montreal's D will will be. It's going to be tough in the next years, but now it's it's jam packed. So it's it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I, I'm I'm not sure if. They could have, you know, make a trade so they can get their guy later in, in mm -hmm. you know, in the draft. That to me, that's that's the question I would have to for for Kent use. But again, he's not a gambler, so probably they were pretty high on that guy. Um, Reinbacker says that it's his preference to play a year in Sweden and that uh, part of me in Switzerland. Yeah, have you have you seen the kid? He was so happy to wear that jersey so it it's it's a good sign he, he was but i don't know if you heard uh daniel briere i'm just oh, ryan back of that no no daniel briere uh, uh about mishkov i don't know if you heard that on the no. Sport. no he said uh hockey point of view they were he was top four uh mishkov and then he said after we met him it was a no-brainer for us so oh wow he, he obviously had a very good meeting with the Philadelphia Flyers and Briard was very 
comfortable with drafting him. And again, he said he was an incredible kid and he, he loved the meeting with him. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. It's just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting, interesting because if he's as good as, you know, they say, and he's been incredible, uh, according to Daniel Briere, that, that could be a, a grand slam for them. I think our, our, our buddy, Anthony Martineau of TVA Sport, I think at one point, I think I had heard him say that he had a chance to meet with Ryan Backer and he just found that there was, was, there was little, little personality there. And maybe it's just his character and maybe he's a little bit of an introvert or maybe he doesn't open up very much. But uh, when he was walking down to meet with the Canadians on stage, I mean, it looked like he was going to a funeral. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, they, they, they're young kids and you have to walk. It's a pretty long aisle to go to and you have the camera in your face. It's, I mean, I, I, I would do it in my pants, that's for sure. So you would do it in your pants. Of course. I mean, have you, it's, it's like the, the, not the walk of shame, but the, I mean, it's a long walk and then you have the camera guy right in your face. You're, you're a young kid. You never, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's impressive. It's pretty big. So. Maybe just a shy person, but hey, who cares? It's on the ice, right? So if he's not shy on the ice. So you know, I, I hope the Canadians put Carey Price in front of us at some point soon. Because if this is gonna be the last memory of Carey Price with the oh, Canadians, I'd be hey, think about it. No, 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 Macy. No, it's no, pretty, I, look, it's pretty funny, but it's not. You know what it I mean? It is like, not. I, I, I thought it was no, kind it's of pretty joking, funny, though. But, but uh, yeah, but you know what? Let, let's say it's funny because we don't have to make a big deal out of this. It's just, yeah. you know, it happens. It's not an easy name. It's like Marinero. But, uh, yeah. You're very he, kind. You know that? You're very nice. <laughs> because if I told name, you, yeah. Mark andre you got one job. You're going up on the stage with us. Yeah. And you're going to announce our first pick, David yeah. Reinbacker. If I'm not sure when we're going up to the stage, I'm going to say, what's the guy's name again? Yeah, My but you, 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 can't, you can't repeat when you're on your way to the stage because, you know, you, we're going to be able to read on the lips on TV. It's not going to work. Have you seen how tight they, you know, they, they have the, the jersey in their hand? Oh yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not gonna fall. You won't see the name. So yeah, but yeah, it's anyways. It's scary, so it's it's okay. But yeah, I, I, I saw just that I get the feeling they could have hit a home run. They were content on hitting a double. Yeah, and if that home run ends up being a strikeout with Philadelphia, then they got it right. But if that guy ends up hitting a home run with Philadelphia. Well, then this many, is going to be how many Russian star like doesn't come here to play. I mean, it's it, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen at one point. So to me, it's not I mean, you know, I don't know him personally, obviously, but to me, it's just it's it's kind of a no brainer that these guys will one day come to the NHL because they want to play in the best league in the world. So to me, it's I think Mishkov will play in the NHL. But again, I mean, Reinbacker, it's, it, you know, Max Lapierre, my colleague from TVA Spall. He loves him. He, he loves him. He played in Switzerland and he said, we got our Alex Petrangelo. So yeah. you know what? Yeah. If, if 
it fits the comparison, the comparison. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great pick. So, but it's, it's so early. I mean, you never know. So many things can happen. So it's, it's like, we'll see. It's, we'll see. But if Alex Petrangelo would be, you know, pretty good thing. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. Tom Willinder, by the way, goes to the uh, Vancouver Canucks at pick 11. And now Arizona is up with their second pick in the first round so far with pick number 12. I just want to hear we have a trade to announce. Just one time. You know, I got to tell you something. <clears throat> Yesterday was cool because there were, there were several trades in the National Hockey League, you know? Yeah. But the NHL, they don't have a flair for the dramatic. Really, they just don't. You have to save some of them. You have to save some of them and say, okay, guys, you know what? We're announcing it on the draft. Like the Dubois trade should have been announced today on draft day. You, you remember the Seattle uh, draft when I think it was Cervelli who was announcing the picks like a minute before it was announced on stage. So like the, the TVs, the, the, the TV shows were like, okay, well. That happens often. It just happened. I was at the NBA draft last week in New York. And there were a couple of reporters who were announcing the picks before they actually happened. And it's very, very easy. It's not because they have a plug, a contact with every single team. It's because they have a contact with the TV network or or the people that work for the league that get the picks in hand. So it's either one or the other is giving you it's the annoying. names. I hate it. I hate it. But you're right. I mean, they, they should do it like a big show with lots, you know, lots of splashes. And yeah, but. No, you know what? Prefer. I don't want to be a hypocrite here because on a couple of occasions I tipped off Canadians fans <laughs> to who they were going to draft. But at the same, but I will say this: doing it for one player, I find is okay. But when you do it for every single player, look, a member of the media that wants to tell the listeners or the audience who's going to be drafted right before they're drafted, when you get absolutely all of them right. You know what? I know you're not connected to the Montreal Canadiens, to the Buffalo Sabres, to the Boston Bruins, to the Detroit Red Wings, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. You don't have a contact with every single team. You have a contact with the TV network or someone at the league that's getting the names because the names are given. They're on a piece of paper. They're yeah, well, given. And then they're registered with the TV network. And then so well, they have the, the name before. Do you think the TV networks were happy with that? I mean, they were they were pretty pissed with that. Like yeah, what, but what's somebody's giving away the info? Yeah, and by the way, there's not the too many people. It's either it's, it's probably probably the amount of people that see the pick before it's given off to somebody is probably a good three people. So it's one of three that keeps leaking to certain members of the media. And certain members of the media that keep on doing it every pick, every pick, yeah. every pick, every pick, every pick. You know, like you got somebody yeah. at the TV network or at the league. You don't have someone on every team. You don't have to. I, do just, it. I just think it's it's bad for the networks and it's not fun for the fans but hey who am i right no no i uh, i absolutely hear you um they drafted by organizational need is what they did pardon me they drafted by organizational need you mean montreal yeah right-handed defenseman right look who they have yeah yeah they don't have too many right-handed defensemen here yeah, but yeah, who, I mean, what, Leonard maybe was the next on their list? I don't know. Maybe, but yeah. I would I don't think know, Ryan Leonard was probably next up on their list. That's my guess. 
that's my guess. But uh, yeah, it's again you, you you never have enough good defensemen. So, but yeah, it's it's surprising because I'm I'm sure a lot of people just like didn't know at all who Rindacker was. Reminds me of the that lady who uh, when KK got drafted, you do you remember? Like yeah. she was like, no, no, I remember. That. <laughs> but look, 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 let's be honest. Okay? We, all like, we all like we all like Hughes, all right. And we all like Jeff Gordon and we all have confidence in them. And we all have <coughs> confidence in Marty St. Louis and we all have confidence in Vinny LeCavalier. All right. We do. And no, I'm not a scout and no, you're not a scout, but we do talk to a lot of scouts and we do hear a lot of stuff. Let's put the cards on the table. When the Montreal Canadiens say that they're going to draft the best player available night, they drafted by organizational need. Don't let them tell you otherwise. It's not true. They drafted by organizational need, and they drafted the safest pick in the draft. Wow. And you know what? This guy probably goes on to win the Norris, and you know I hope he does. I hope he does. I hope he ends up being the best player in this draft class after Bedard. I hope so. But well, they drafted by I mean, organizational need tonight. Well, obviously, if they would have gone for the best player available, it would have been Mishkov. That, that's for sure. But, I mean... It, there's a lot of good people. I mean, Kent Hughes, he knows hockey, like from every aspect, every angle. Same with Jeff Gordon, uh, Martin Lapointe, uh, Serge Boisvert, Donald Odette. They're all good hockey people. So, I mean, I can't wait to talk to one of them to know, you know, what was the, you know, the breaking point and the decision or whatever. But again, I, I'm just, I was just surprised to hear Daniel Brière saying, it was an incredible meeting and it was a no-brainer. He was top four because they thought they he wouldn't be available. So to me, that's, I just, I'm wondering because three years is not a, I mean, it's not a lot. When will yeah. run back or play in best case scenario yeah. in two years? Like best you know, case scenario. I'm going to tell you something, okay? I feel very mm -hmm. badly for this kid. Very, oh. very badly. If you read social media, the fan base is devastated that they didn't pick Michkov. They're devastated. Even without the information that Hughes has or Gordon has or Nick Bobrov has, the fan base is devastated. And you know what? The kid, Reinbacker, he doesn't deserve this. Like he doesn't, you know, it's it's so unfortunate. It's 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 the greatest day of his life. Zach Benson falls 13th of Buffalo. Hmm. That could be a steal in this draft. And, um, you know, like, he's he's um, he's not a big boy, but, man, he sure looks happy, huh? Look at him. Good for him. Uh, but once I want to get back to Reinbacker for a second, right? Yeah. I'm sure he's a good kid. He's put in so much time, looks like so much effort, so much sacrifice. Today is the biggest day and the best day of his life. And the team that drafted you, the fan base is devastated. Well, they're upset I mean, at the GM. They're upset at his assistant. They're upset at his co-GM or director or VP of hockey. They're upset at everybody. Well, hopefully he's not going to be on social media. I mean, if I was a hockey player or if I had a, if my son was a hockey player, I mean, you just don't go on social media. So 
that's first. But second of all, the the only thing that you know he's gonna say, I'm gonna prove them wrong. That's it. And it's just, you know, he again, he's don't expect like uh, Eric Carlson. Well, hopefully, but you know, he's I. Everybody says he's a good like defensive defenseman. So you never have too many of those. It's just not the sexiest pick. But again, it's, I mean, can end up being a steal. We never know. We never know. So. All right. Uh, Askarov and the Canadians. You think something's going to happen? I mean. They Kevin, need... <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Weeks brought it up. Kevin Weeks brought it up. And... <clears throat> Would be, I mean, I'm sure they're looking for that, for something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, yeah, I'm trying to... Daniil Boot, by the way, went to Arizona 12th before Zach Benson went to Buffalo 13th. And I Ooh. know that Grant McCagg's a big fan. By the way, Grant's going to join us in about five minutes' time, all right? Grant <clears throat> McCagg of Recruits and Recruits.ca will join us in five minutes' time. We are going strong here. We started at 7 o'clock. We have about 1,300 and change watching us on YouTube Live right now, plus place plus Facebook, plus Twitter. It's been a pretty good, productive two days in a row. We thank you all very, very much. Tell your friends about it. It's the Sick Podcast. And uh, once again, you can follow us on Facebook Live, Twitter Live, and uh, YouTube Live. And if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so because um, it's a beautiful thing for us. All right, okay. You were saying? I I, I just didn't have the chance to read a lot of because uh, you were bringing that lot of fans and uh, hockey people were surprised with that pick. But, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> It's, uh, I feel bad for the kid, man. I feel bad because, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for us. Our jobs are not on the line, right? Our jobs are not on the line. Like if we're not can't use and maybe Michkov never comes over to the national hockey league. And so if we're can't use, we probably don't do that. You know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't come over in three years, maybe comes over in six years. That's a possibility. Maybe, maybe we don't take that chance, but you know, because we're not Kent Hughes and we're here and we're on social media, it's easy for us to say Michkov, but man, I feel I feel bad for the kid. I do. But because my my, my level of trust and can't use, you know, regarding uh prospects, regarding, you know, how being so focused on the plan tells me that they knew something or they know something or they're higher on Ryan Backer than people were. So yeah, it's, it's a plan B that's for sure. But again, I'm, I, you do have to, I trust them. I don't know why, but I just know that Kent Hughes is not a gambler and he's just sticking with it. So. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Carrie Price is, uh, is trending on Twitter. Yeah. That's not a surprise, I guess. Right. Carry Price is trending. Well, I, I I posted a a gif of Claude Giroux, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah, well, it's gonna it's gonna stand for what 10, 15, 20 years, and after that, Carrie, it's gonna Carrie's, be one. you know, Carrie's always done stuff to catch our attention, and he did it again tonight. Did All it right, again. okay. Hey, uh, you got some nice color there. Thank you. Pale blue. Yeah. No, no, you're, 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 you got a tan. Oh yeah. Well, you know, lots of golf and spend kid, time with kids outside at the park and, yeah. you know, Good for taking you. care of the garden. Yeah. All right. Well, um, 
let's uh we'll talk to you soon um can't thanks wait. again eh? i appreciate can't it wait anytime all right. and uh yeah i'll see you later see everyone Merci beaucoup. All right. Okay. Uh, before we get to Kyle Dubas and the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'll tell you that the Murphy Clinic is an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal, as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have uh, two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Tarbonne. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at Murphy Clinic. So we say hi to them as well. Uh, Kyle Dubas is up in the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, Grant McCagg will join us in uh, let's bring Grant in as a matter of fact Grant you there yeah hey how are you (laughs) I'm getting uh, airtime over Kyle Dubas what's going on Tony yeah well uh, Kyle Dubas just made his pick okay and it's uh, Yeager yeah okay yeah your thoughts on the pick Oh, you, you can't go wrong with Jaeger. There's been a quite a run on centermen. It's been uh, interesting to see that, uh, you know, all these, uh, you know, uh, the value for uh, centermen and uh, and defensemen, you're seeing it, you know, just about all of the picks have been uh, one or the other. So no big surprise there. I, I expect him to go somewhere in the teens, and uh, uh, he, he's a pretty solid two-way centerman. All right. Um... Your thoughts on David Reinbacker? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I don't, he's not the sexy pick, obviously, for Habs fans. There's, you know, there aren't that many people excited about it, but, uh, you know, it's a process. You're trying to build a, a winner, and, uh, you know, every pick is just one one player, and he's a piece of the puzzle, you know. Um, they needed a right defenseman, and uh, they got it. Uh I think, you know, the fact that he played against men all year and played like 18 plus minutes and then played at the world championships, uh, it was solid, solid, solid against men. The entire season tells you that there's a pile of upside with this kid. And I think the Canadians believe that, you know, that they're, he may not be more at cider, but, you know, cider light, you could say, right? <laughs> so uh, uh, that, you know, I mean, Sider is already one of the best defensemen in the NHL. So if this kid can be can develop uh, to his potential, um, I think you 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 try to project lineups and and uh, you know uh, Mayu and Gooley and uh, Hudson and Reinbacher, I think is what they're what they're hoping down the road. Uh, the, you know, both pairings complement each other, uh, offense, defense, uh, size, you know, uh, like uh, Hudson's going to need a, a big rangy guy that can take care of his own end and front of the net and the boards. And that's going to be Reinbacher. You know, he's uh, uh, there's a pile of potential with this kid. And I, I know there's worries about his offense, but you can't look at point totals for an 18 year old kid playing against men, you know, and, and, and project that, Oh, well, he didn't have high point totals. So that means he has no offense. That's not the case. He'll, uh, I think that that's the, uh, you know, that's the unknown part. Uh, how much offense will there be? But uh, certainly I, I can, he's going to be a minute muncher. He's going to play 20 plus minutes a game probably in his prime. So, I, I understand why they made the pick. 
Is it safe to say, though, that they drafted by organizational need? By need? Well, they've got a pile of defensemen, Tony. I mean, it's not like they had to take a defenseman, you know. They've got Mayhew. Right. They, they traded for Barron. They've got Savard, uh, you know. There's no uh, uh, Kovacevic. There was no uh, pressing need to get a right defenseman. But uh, I think they, uh, like all teams that pick in the top 10, they think they're getting the player that's going to help them the most down the road, not because uh, he's a defenseman necessarily. I mean, you take a defenseman because of their value, great value. There's been a defenseman taken in the top 25 of the past or in the top five of the past 25 drafts. And it's for a reason because forwards aren't going to log 20 minutes a game. No. None. So, well, you know, you, know, you, you get a kid. The drive titles of this world, yes, but yeah, other than that, no. Well, right. you know what I mean. You know, yeah. like a, not enough fifth overall picks, you know. The, the fifth overall picks don't log 20 minutes a game uh, at forward. Like you can't name too many. Well, so, no, you can't name too many. Jagger did, but you can't name too many. You're right. Yeah. Was he fifth overall? Yeah, like he, was, yeah. He, he was a bit of a steal. Yeah, yeah, he was but, a steal. Yeah, and uh, when all you can think of is one guy, you know, and no, no, you're game, right. Listen, you you're, know, you're right. You're hundred percent right. You're 100% so right. I, I, I mean, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I completely understand the pick, and I, I also understand why people, uh, you know, you, you, you want the points. You want well that, and that's forwards. You get more points from forwards, but. You also need defense. You got to put keep the puck out of your own net, and I think he'll also help offensively. The kids, uh, they did their homework on him. You know, like all everybody talks about the interviews with him and what he accomplished this year, and what you know, going from Austria to play in Switzerland and uh, just mm-hmm. complete character. He just soaks everything in. Mm-hmm. Like the the coaches there can't say enough about just how you know how quick a learner he is and how. And, and it's all about development too, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the next two or three years, you're trying to draft players that you think are going to develop the most because you're picking these guys for two, three years down the road. And uh, Reinbacher is one of those guys that just uh, <laughs> like uh, you could, he could be just a terrific defenseman. So uh, there's no holes in his game. So I like the pick. Good. I'm I'm happy to hear it because I was mentioning before, like I feel bad for the kid because on social media, Wood goes 15 to Nashville, by the way. Uh, on social media, the poor kid is just, you know, like he, I, I hope for him he stays away from social media tonight and tomorrow because it's just, it's a fan base that for the most part is absolutely dejected. But you are not surprised that Canadians did not draft Matt Vemichkov. You told us uh, for a while now that based on you or what you were hearing, they were not going in that direction and they didn't. Right. And, uh, no, I, I mean, my first mock draft for the, for the guide, I had Reinbacher going to the Habs and I ended up changing it. Uh, certainly, you know, in looking at, at social media and too, and I mean, it just from the start, when I first threw it out there a month or two ago, like, I don't know that anybody else really was saying it, uh, the, you know, the, <laughs> the reaction for the past month has been negative for the most part about Reinbacher, but some people have come around, you know, you got the pockets of, of people and let's hope that the honeymoon, uh, isn't over for Hughes. You know, funny, it doesn't take that long. eh? 
two drafts. <laughs> and uh, yeah. by the second one, if you're not pick, you know, they passed over right last year. Well, he got a mulligan because they were new, but now, oh, taking Reinbacher instead of Michkov. Uh, the honeymoon's uh, over officially, I think, for a lot of fans with uh, Kent Hughes. <laughs> um, you know, it's just that, um, once again, it could end up being the right picks, but they're not the sexy picks. Right. You know, they're not the sexy no. picks. Uh, you know, like guys like Cooley could end up being a guy that ends up exploding at the National Hockey League level and Michkov could end up exploding at the National Hockey League level. But look, I, I understand it. Um, Nick Bobrov's track record. How would you grade him? Pro- probably a tough question for me to ask you, but I'll being a former scout yourself, it's probably hard to start talking about other former scouts, but... I'll ask you anyway, how would you grade Brobrov's track record, not only with the Canadians, but based on everything he's done in the National Hockey League as a scout? Well, like I think so far with Montreal, which is the pertinent thing, I think uh, his draft record has been excellent. You know, I liked their picks last year and I liked Reinbacher picks. So okay. that's what that's that's what counts, right? I mean, you, you evolve as a scout, you know, Uh um, certainly Gorton has known him since the Boston days and, you know, there were some good picks there. Uh, I, I can't say that I've, uh, you know, studied his every pick with every team that he's made and graded, you know, just how good he, but obviously you look at Kravtsov that, you know, didn't work out in, in no. uh, New York. So, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I've, we've talked about this before, Tony, every team has, uh, uh, has missed with top 10 picks, you know, and, yeah. uh, and that includes, that includes, uh, uh, you know, everybody was taking Kako number two. So I'm not going to be overly critical of, you know, he, that he hasn't panned out yet uh, like he should have, mm-hmm. but I don't know of any scouts that didn't have Capo Kako number two big kid that was did everything in his draft year he just hasn't developed you know so uh i I don't think his uh previous draft record with europeans was great so uh you know um but uh bob rov's not making the pick you know he's uh He's like a third, not even a third of the influence on, like, he's not, he's living in Boston, right? He's not, mm-hmm. he's not sitting over in Europe. Uh, he didn't get to see Reinbacher any more than Marty Lapointe did. And I think uh, what we're seeing with the Canadians is that uh, Hughes is having a, is, is having a uh, say in their top picks, you know, he was over at the World Championships last year. Who was at the World Championships last year? Slavkowski. Mm-hmm. He was over at the World Championships this year. You know, interviewed at games. He was interviewed at games last year when the Slovakia was playing. You notice the games that he was interviewed, you know, who was playing this year at Austria. Ron Bucker. Right. So... You know, I think the GM is, uh, and rightfully so, you know, he's, I mean, it's his job on the line, ultimately. 
Yeah. And you know, it's, you don't during the season, the, the GM doesn't get to, you know, he, he's busy with the team, but the team's, yeah. but the season's over. GMs get to see these guys at world championships. You know, that's when that's the kind of the pocket, of, you know, the Memorial cup, you see them there because the season's usually over unless they're in the cup finals or whatever. And you see them at world championships, looking at the few guys that are draft eligible. Mm-hmm. Well, it just so happens that, you know, the two picks that they made were very impactful at the world championships at both. So, you know, I think, I think Marty has a big say. I think Ryan Bacher's a Marty uh, LaPointe type of pick. Yeah. And I think Hughes had a big say. And I, I imagine Bob Rov as well. So I'm not going to sit back and, and speculate that this is a Bob Rov pick or. Yeah. Or, or what have you. I, I'm, you know, any more picks there, uh, Tony? Well, no, Calgary Flames are up at the podium right now. But I'll say this. I'm not going to speculate that it's a Bob Rov pick, but I will speculate that not going with Michkov was a Bob Rov pick because, of course, his intel with Scott. That's, you know, but I don't know that for a fact. That's just my gut mm. and trying to connect the dots, right? So Craig Conroy is up, general manager of the Calgary Flames, and uh, Hanzek is the pick. Has, has Gabe Pro not gotten selected yet? No, he has not. That one surprised me because every <laughs> every scout that I uh, talked to had him top 10. That's uh, Yannick's and, son who played on that uh, famous yeah. team with the U.S. National Development yeah. Program with Will Smith and with uh, Ryan Leonard. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm surprised that that he has dropped. I mean, it's a you know, you look you're seeing a lot of size here, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Benson didn't go top twelve. Uh, uh, Mitch Cobb didn't go top five. Um, Perot hasn't gone yet, and they're up to 16 when NHL guys had him, lots of them have ranked top eight or nine. So, uh, you know, it, it was size that won at playoff time again for the most yeah. part, and I think teams uh, are always influenced by that. And right now they're not; uh, they're certainly not picking uh, – the smaller guys higher higher than than their their rank. That's for sure. You know, I wonder if uh, what the price to pay would be for the Canadians if they inquired right now about moving up and 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 getting jumping on a pick right now and 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 drafting an offensive player because once again for the fan base they're they're they're, they're just they're dying for an offensive player here, and if you draft Yannick's son. Um, you know, who put up the numbers that he did with the U.S. National Development Program, it could probably give you a little bit of uh, of reprieve. But anyway, hey, Grant, this is a little bit unconventional, but I'm going to do it anyway, okay? So in radio, you have commercial breaks, right? We call them pee breaks. In television, you have commercial breaks. We call them pee breaks. In podcasting, we don't have the benefit of having commercial breaks, all right? So if someone like me has to pee, well, he can't. Unless I can leave it to you. So this is what I want to do, okay? If you can help me out here, you, you need, to, you need to, to help me out here. I need an assist from you here. I'm going to bring up your top 32 picks that you have, okay? And can you, there we go. Here's your top 32 picks, all right, from uh, recruits and recruits.ca uh, and Grant's Independent Scouting Service. Uh, and uh, you can you can have your draft coverage. You can have all the articles that come with it during the year as well. 
And Grant, the last time you were telling me a subscription for everything, like the uh, the the platinum package is how much per year? Thirty four ninety nine. Thirty five dollars for the platinum package per year, folks. It's an absolute steal. Um, you have Adam Fantilli on your list at number two, and he went number three, and you had Dalibor Dvorsky at number three. He went a lot later than that. Can you just um, talk to us about Anaheim going with Carlson over Fantilli and why do you think that is? And talk to us about why you think Dvorsky slipped. And I'll be back in 20 seconds. Can we pull that off? Sure. You're a good man. Do that. Okay. Welcome to Grant's Sick Podcast. Uh, <laughs> um. Adam Fantilli, that was a surprise for me that uh, that Anaheim uh, passed on him. I just thought uh, going forward, a, a duo of uh, Fantilli and McTavish is just, you know, just custom made for uh, playoff success. And um, I don't... I'm not picturing Leo Carlson being a great playoff player, but certainly he's got the the size, the um, offensive skills, and uh, smarts to be a good NHLer. And maybe you know, maybe he figures out the competitive competitive end of things. But for me, uh, there's no comparison between Adam Fantilli and Leo Carlson when it comes to uh, grit, uh, speed competitiveness and defensive play. So um, I was a little surprised by the, the Leo Carlson pick, but I think what we're seeing in this draft and what they're, what speed demonstrated is that they're going, uh, they want offensive producers, uh, regular season, offensive producers. They'll get you, I guess they'll get you into the playoffs and then, yeah. you, know, you know, whatever happens after that. Right. And yeah. I, I kind of get it, but, at the same time, uh, I think Fantilli can can score every bit as much as Carlson or more, and then bring so many other things to the table. So that that pick shocked me, and uh, Dvorsky not going where I had him that doesn't shock me. I, you know, we saw him on list anywhere from seven to ten a lot of the year, and. Uh, <laughs> I guess NHL teams didn't warm up to him as quickly as as I did, and some of my scouting uh, friends who I, I had one uh, who uh, his two favorite players, mm-hmm. and it was the same with me, were Dvorsky and Leonard. Like you know, wow. not saying that he had them one two, but yeah, just love the way they both play, and I'm I'm of the same opinion, and uh, I think they're going to help a team win. And ultimately, I believe you take top 10 picks because you want them to help you win. And I, I think it's the reason why Reinbacher got picked by the Habs top 10. I mean, I have him ranked six. So taking him at five, you know, that it, it certainly doesn't outrage me. And I mean, the guy, you know, I had Michkov ahead of him, but I didn't expect him to go ahead of him. So, you know, uh Reinbacher going to the Canadians at five doesn't, I think, is 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 more than fine as as a selection. 
All right, okay. Uh, Daniel Boot, by the way, I know you had him 10th on your list. And yeah. uh, there's some there's some scouting services that had him like uh, 25th, 26th, 27th. You're very, very high on him. And clearly so was Arizona. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I when I was doing my mock-up, uh, I thought long and hard about it. And I looked at uh, Armstrong. You know, his... Uh, he was uh, he was with St. Louis when they picked uh, Tarasenko 13th overall, and at the time nobody was taking Russians that high. <laughs> uh, I think there'd been a couple like a uh, couple of flameouts. So um, mm-hmm. like uh, you remember Filatov, yeah, going six to Columbus. Nikita, like, that was a, yeah, that was a bust. So I think teams kind of backed off of Russians for a while there, but. He was part of the, you know, him and Yarmo Kekalainen actually were the two big decision makers, and they they chose Tarasenko. So I think, you know, he's not afraid to take Russians, and they took a couple last year as well. So uh, I had Michkov going to to uh, Arizona at six, and, and as it turned out, they took a Russian at six, but <laughs> it was the, you know, the surprise so far of the first round, not fair to say yeah. that Simashev went uh, ahead of Michkov. Yeah, I'm reading on social media, I think it was uh, Greg Wyshynski who tweeted out that uh, that um, Michkov was asked about, um, you know, the talk that uh, uh, he was saying to some teams that he wasn't going to meet with some teams and stuff like that. And he said through an interpreter that it's clearly just not true. He said that mm-hmm. he met with every team. He met with every team. He, uh, he yeah. I'm trying to think like how many in the last 15, 20 years, how many top 10 picks uh, needed an interpreter? I was trying to think I'd have to go back through and, and have a look, but did Christensen need one? I'm not thinking there was too many. Well, that was, that was 20 years ago now. Yeah. 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 You're right. It. That was a 2003 draft. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But in the last 10, 15 years, there haven't been too many, like none off the top of my head that I can think of, you know, uh, I don't know if that had any influence on teams, but I got told a couple of things and, uh, you know, uh, that he was not a, he was not a beloved teammate, put it that way. Some guys that played with him in the past and, uh, you know, uh, teams, especially on these Russian kids when they didn't get to see them or talk to him much, really had to do their homework on that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, it's 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 a it's a part of the puzzle. It's, it's an important thing for for a lot of teams where you, you don't want uh, you don't want someone that's unpopular. And uh, I mean, we saw it, you know, with PK. You know, it was one of the reasons why he got traded. You know, because his teammates weren't crazy about him. So yeah, and if you think it, you know, it can hurt team chemistry uh, it, it's it's part of the factor too you're picking top five top six top seven you don't want too many red flags and uh certainly as, as much as as much as some teammates um didn't appreciate him or didn't think he was a great teammate i also think that in there always there lies a little bit of envy for a player who was the fan favorite and if you want to be the fan favorite and that player is the fan favorite, sometimes it rubs some players the wrong yeah. way. I think there's a little bit well, of that too. Yeah. I, I can't tell you what, you know, what I was told, but let's just say that, it, you, you know, 
Look, yeah, we heard was, that. We heard that he was uh, sent out to Sochi because uh, they, they, you know, uh, some well, people couldn't stand them with Scott. Well, yeah, and I, you know, and I've had, I've had it confirmed, you know, um, it, you know, so yeah, it's not just an isolated incident and I don't think that it's untrue, you know, uh, the, some kids are prima donnas. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, you see it with uh, some American kids, especially, and I'm sure it's the same in with Russians, you know, uh, so, uh, I just think the Canadians, especially, from what I understand, uh, mm-hmm. they want to have a hand in development. And with the Russian kids, um, especially Michkov, he didn't even play for the, you know, he, like you said, he got sent off to Sochi. So he didn't even play for the team that he signed with. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's not going to be any. Uh, 18 to 21 is so important. You know, we saw a player like Louis LeBlanc. How much did he develop? Over a three-year, you know, he didn't. So, uh, how much developing will Michkov do over the next three years? Will he pick up worse habits playing in the KHL, not playing North American style, not playing North American rinks? Mm-hmm. Will the adaptation be, you know, seamless for him when he comes over? Yeah. It may take a year or two, and he may follow out a favor with a coach. And uh, you know, we saw it with Neil Yakupov. All the all the talent in the world, 5'10 Russian winger that fell out of favor with his coaches. Coaches didn't like the way he played. He was a little selfish. Hearing that about Michkov, you know, it, you have to balance the floor against the ceiling. It can't just be, well, who cares what the floor is? Who cares if he might bust? Well, you got to care about it, especially when you're picking top 10. I noticed uh, Palika just went to uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, Steve Eiserman grabs uh, the guy who's touted as a top two defenseman in this draft class, Sandin Palika. Um, and their yeah. first pick was Danielson. And their okay. first pick was Danielson. So they went yeah, with the centerman well, and they went with a defenseman. Detroit um, likes to, you know, they always have a different list. You know, <laughs> they're not picking the players that you expect them to take as a rule. So. Yeah, but they, uh, you know, they picked a defenseman who ended up being pretty good. You talked about him, of course, in Ward Sider, and now Eisman right. ends up picking Sandy. No, exactly. Some Canadians fans are probably going to be a little bit uneasy about this right now, saying, oh, no, is that the guy? Maybe they're both the guys. Maybe they're both the guys. What's that? Talking about Ryan Backer and Sandy Palika. Some lists, some people's lists have Sandy Palika ahead of David Reinbacker. Talk to me. On your yeah. list, we know uh, that Reinbacker is way ahead of Sandin Palika. Talk to us about yeah. the differences that you see in both players. Tony, uh, from the second round of the playoffs on, there were two 5'11 defensemen that played. Out of the 48 defensemen that played from the second round of the NHL playoffs on, there were two that were 5'11 or smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, obviously, you, you, do you want to win in the playoffs? Well, you pick a David Reinbacher. Do you want a pretty skating defenseman, five eleven? You take Sandine Palika. Um, I there may have been some lists that had uh, Palika that high. Um, certainly, the six scouts that I talked to uh, quite a bit. None of them had him top 15. So the fact that he went 
17 certainly uh, doesn't surprise me. Uh, some scouts I know had him in the second round. So uh, all over the map with him, you know. Uh, maybe he's one of those 5'11 defensemen that, that makes it. Mm -hmm. You have to be pretty dynamic, you know. He's not Kale McCarr, and uh, there aren't many Kale McCars. So, uh, again, Detroit, Detroit needs talent, and uh, you know, no doubt that you know five eleven Swedish defenseman. They're going to hope. Well, you know, maybe he can be a little a shorter version of Lidstrom or something like that, right? So, yeah. I mean, you know, they have a just like them taking Casper top ten last year. It surprised yeah. me. Again, I'm not going to criticize it. Uh, uh, you know, to any certain extent because Cider is a good example. You know, he he worked out. He worked out just fine. I, I thought they took Edmondson too high too, but time will tell on these guys. Uh, you know, some you're going to have hits and misses, and I wouldn't doubt that a couple of their their picks in recent years aren't nearly as good as others, but they already have a home run with Cider and Raymond, uh, who I didn't like at five, but hey, you couldn't argue with his rookie season, right? He put no, up, no, he Luke put up big points. Like yeah, he, he kind of reg regressed a little bit last year, but su certainly a super talented kid too. So they're you know uh, they're they're taking talent, getting talent, and uh, they needed it. So there there's a fit there, even with Sandy and Palika, they'll they'll find a spot for him. All right, okay. Um, the Winnipeg Jets are up, and we'll see what they do with their first pick. And once again, we talked about it. Uh, Gabriel Perot, Yannick's son, is still uh, still available, and we'll see if he goes next. Barlow hasn't been picked yet. Uh, Oliver Moore hasn't been picked yet, and Perot. There, those are three guys that uh, I think you can expect to see coming off the board here uh, pretty soon. All three okay. of those guys. Let's take your uh, your list off um, off screen right now. We'll get back to it a little bit later on if we can. Sure. Kevin Shovel day off. Who seems relieved to have uh, received the return that he did for a player who wanted out in Pierre <laughs> Dubois yesterday. Got himself a left winger, a centerman, a right winger, and a second round pick. It's Barlow. Barlow's his pick. Yeah. Well, that's a solid pick at eighteen. They seem to always uh, get guys that drop to him that, <laughs> you know, you're a little surprised that they get. So, so talk once again, about Barlow. Uh, 46, goal, 46 goals in the OHL, you know. Uh, great at the Ivan Halenka last summer. Um, you know, penalty killer. Scored a lot of shorthanded goals this year. Just a sniper. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get him a... Get him a good center, uh, feed him the puck. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe a Gabe Velarde or, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, Perfetti. Perfetti's a fantastic playmaker. There's, uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's a fit with Perfetti going forward with those two together. He, with Perfetti's uh, sense and vision and playmaking and uh, Barlow's uh, sniping ability, they're going to score a lot of uh, power play goals just like they, they have in the past few years. 
you know, Oliver Moore, you brought up a name. His skating's exceptional, is it not? Yeah, he, yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of guys uh, think that he might be the best skater in the draft. Wow. So, but you know, it, it. I mean, we've seen guys like that, Rico Fata. You know, name from the past, Calgary. Rico Pickles. Fata was a great skater, but he didn't have a very good NHL career. No, you remember? Yeah, you're old enough to remember Rico Fata. Eh? Yeah, I remember he, Rico Fata. Yeah, yeah. Well, sixth overall to Calgary. Then he played in the WHL. Fly. He could just fly, but well, wasn't the smartest, you know. And uh, you, you gotta, you gotta have some hockey sense. And uh, I'm not saying that Moore doesn't have hockey sense. Just guys picked ahead of him are, you know, have a little more creativity to their game and maybe yeah. a little more up, upside when it comes to be creating offense. So. That was a knock on him, and uh, you're seeing him no, slide. Rico Fata was it. OHL, right? He was OHL. He was uh, OHL. Rico yeah. Fata was OHL. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sixth yeah. overall. I think that was it, yeah, if I recall correctly. That was the uh, Vinny LeCavier draft. Was it? Okay. Yeah, Vinny LeCavier, yeah. Did he go six? Um, hold on. Rico Fata, sixth overall. Vinny LeCavalier, David Leguand, Brad Stewart, Brian Allen, Vitaly Vishnevsky, Rico Fata. Okay. Manny How many Malmetra. points? Is uh, it hockey Rico DB? Fata, si yeah, 63 points in 230 games. You know, 63 points for wow. a top six. But David Reinbacher is going to score more than 63 points than Tony. Yeah, but you know, you know that uh, he was better than they were. They, they were Rico Fado was a much better pick than Montreal's uh, 16th Eric Schwinnard. 90 games, 22 points. That's it. That's all. Salut la visite. Bonsoir. Ciao, ciao. Je suis parti. Yeah, uh, instead wow. of uh, Simon Gagne, who was his his teammate, his teammate, of course, with the, went, uh, the Quebec Ramparts. They went and uh, scouted those guys all year, and then picked the wrong guy. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's Gagne when we knew that. They had to make some changes in the scouting staff. <laughs> Gagne went twenty second to the uh, to the Philadelphia Flyers really? back then. Yeah, yeah. What years did well, you work for the Canadians again? Uh, I'd rather not say. Uh, okay. Because you look it up and uh, there's a couple. Of <laughs> You're like that, Tony. There's a couple of picks not too fond of, or what? don't worry about I it i won't uh, shove it down your throat it's a team effort right you're not the only yeah one. yeah no well i mean i was part-time scout i didn't you know i wasn't even at the final the meetings you know so it's not like i had any say in what was going on but uh um yeah that was the louis leblanc draft yeah and the uh tenorti i guess the year after i think the louis leblanc pick was Kind of like a Pierre Boivin pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. You know, Trevor. Trevor's guy that year was was Kreider. If it had been up to just Trevor, I'm pretty sure that 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 would have been who he picked. But there was uh, there, there was, was definitely pressure. There was definitely pressure to take LeBlanc. Uh, but in his defense, too. That's great. I mean, Bob McKenzie had him. The Montreal Canadiens run by the Le Fils de la Francaise. 
just really, <laughs> really good. That's just that's just great. That's <laughs> and not only that, not only that, if they would have picked Kreider, he wouldn't have ran into Carey Price's knee, and the Canadians probably would have won the Stanley Cup. That's that's, yeah, that's the right. karma for you. That's the karma for you. <laughs> Louis, Louis, Louis. Uh, Trevor, you got to take Louis. <laughs> he uh, never gained an ounce of muscle, I don't think, you know. And I mean, there there was an example. He was, you know, uh, I talked to a bunch of like Andre Tournier was a QMA, uh, Q coach at the time. And yeah. uh, Guy Boucher was a Q coach. I used to. I I've known those guys for years. They just as passionate as I am about the draft and, and hockey. And, you know, we talked prospects all the time back then. And I knew they'd both make good, good NHL coaches if they got the chance. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all, the most competitive guy I've ever come across, you know, I think was Boucher, like just couldn't oh, say really? enough. Yeah. So everyone expected that he'd just, be a gym rat you know yeah if he was most competitive on the ice as a rule you're gonna put in the work off the ice too and man i remember seeing the picture of him on the beach with eugenie bouchard remember that oh yes and like you know yeah he was skinny as a rail and this was a year or two after he'd been drafted and it's like oh boy you did not spend much time in the gym sir no, no, I hear you. I'm just a little bit distracted and rattled because you brought up Eugenie's name. But anyway, let's go back to the draft <laughs> with uh, Kyle Davidson, general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, set to make uh, pick number 19 in the draft. Oliver Moore. Oliver Moore. There you have it. There he we goes. Talked him. We talked about him. Hey, wow. by the way, did you see uh, a podcaster who was stopping people in the streets of Nashville and asking them their name and where they're from? how much they know about hockey and asking them a couple of hockey questions. Did Kyle Davidson. He stopped Kyle Davidson, the GM of the Chicago Blackhawks. He said, what's your name, Kyle? Where are you from? Chicago. Hilarious. Uh, and, and asked them some hockey questions. It is really, really yeah. funny. He didn't know who he well, was. Does he look, did he look like a GM? He didn't look like a GM. Dressed in his casual attire, <laughs> he really did not look. You know he's what? 30, he's 34, you know. I, I would have got it wrong, too. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have known. I didn't know what he looked like. He'd have fooled me too, even. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't, I got to cut a break, but he, uh, I thought Davidson handled it hilariously. It was, uh, it was very funny. Everyone's got to see that, you know. But uh, Moore and Bedard, whoo. Yeah. That's Moore an injection of uh, speed and skill with speed those two and guys. Skill. Yeah. And you got yourself a centerman, you got yourself a winger. Unless the plans are for Connor Bedard to be playing center in the National Hockey League, I asked yeah. um, Kyle Woodley for the Red Line report earlier where he would play Connor Bedard. He says he would play him at right wing. Grant, where would you play him? Yeah, I agree with Kyle. Yeah, I think ideally you don't want him even thinking about, you know, cover the point man in the defensive zone. Other than that, you know, score. Create offense, you know, like Mitch Marner. Does Mitch Marner create offense on the wing? You know, he played, uh, he played, um, did Guy Lafleur create offense on the wing? No, Bedard, uh, he, uh, well, at one of our first podcasts of the year, remember I said, well, he doesn't play, he never plays center for Canada at, you know, 
he's never played center for Canada. He's always on yeah. the wing. How'd he, how'd he do on the wing, Tony? He wasn't too bad at the Fantastic. World Juniors, eh? He was, uh, he was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. He was absolutely so, unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's not a big kid. There are how many centers under 5'10 who are top two centers uh, in the league? They, you know, uh, there aren't very many. Uh, so uh, I certainly would start him off on the wing. If their plan is to have him on the team, and of course it is because he can score 80 points this year. Mm-hmm. And when the Calder, I you know I can see that happening for sure. Well, start him off on the wing, and uh, you know if if his defensive game comes to and he gets you know big enough, strong enough, and, and learns the system well enough under Luke Richardson that that he's comfortable with him at center in the future. That's fine, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Luke, who's old school. Uh, Starts him off on the wing, kind of like Sagan and a few others that that eventually became centers. But he, he could be so good on the wing and so effective on the wing that he may they may never move him back to center. It depends. It's going to depend on their fits. And yeah, I could see him. They took Nazar last year. Yeah, and more this year. Uh, that's uh, maybe the two fastest uh, centers in the last two drafts, you know. Um, Moore could also end up on the wing. I've heard, uh, you know, there's a lot of scouts that wonder if he may not be best suited just utilizing that speed and energy going up and down the wing. Um, So they'll have options going forward. Uh, Lucas Reichel is the same deal. I think he he can play either as well and uh, you know it's like that with alex newhook and you see people talking about it you know and tweeting and well you know they got too many centers now devork's gotta go well i mean doc's a what a 40 percent face-off guy mm-hmm. uh newhook for his career so far is 42 percent you know they're you're not putting those two guys at center yet you know maybe one have the other guy and they and they they're situational i was looking at their stats and where they were best um doc's a lot better in the offensive zone and and uh new hooks a lot better in the defensive zone so maybe if they end up playing together you, you know you have doc taking the offensive zone faceoffs and vice versa with uh so the more centers you have they can always be switched to the wing you don't worry about how many centers you have the easiest transition for an NHL player is to go from center to the wing because your job basically is to go up and down that wing. And when you're in the defensive zone, you make sure that the defenseman doesn't get the puck or you're not. If he does, then you're in the lane to, to prevent him from shooting and passing. So it's pretty basic. And, uh, you know, I, I have no issue. There's There's a pile of teams that, half or more of their players were natural centers when they were drafted and, and they end up, you know, a bunch of them end up on the wing. So. Yeah. Hey, I, I just came across something that if uh, I've asked Shane Gomez and master control, if he could actually bring it up uh, and we'll show it uh, when he can, it'll be pretty cool. Um, um, And if all goes well, uh, Tony Ferrari will join us of the hockey news in just a second here. 
but uh, it's a it's a picture that was tweeted. Uh, it's a picture that was tweeted by. Um, let me just see. I, I just retweeted it. Aaron Port's line, who covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, uh, of course, Aaron Port's line with the Athletic, and we know that Adam Fantilli was selected third overall by the Columbus Blue Jackets and uh, right. and uh, and your bud Trevor Timmons. Huh? Yeah. Did you see that one coming, or do you you thought Fantilli was going number two to? Uh, did you think Fantilli was going number two to um, to uh, Anaheim? Kevin, are you talking to me? Yeah, no, I'm talking to you. I'm saying, did you see okay. Fantilli went number three to Columbus? Yeah. Did you think he was going number two to Anaheim? Yeah, I did, yeah. And if he was going number two to Anaheim, who did you think Columbus was going to draft at number three? Carlson? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh... I really wasn't sure. Okay. Uh, it was probably Carlson or Smith, but uh, I do know that uh, Trevor does not mind that. Uh, well, there's Sally off the board. Okay. Yeah, Sally to the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, Trevor, I don't think Trevor's too upset that, uh, or you know, any of them are too upset that Fantilli dropped the three. Put it that way. Shane, uh, not sure if Shane has the picture. If he doesn't, you know what? It's okay if he doesn't because this is what I'll do. I'll just bring it up myself, okay? This is what I'll do. Look at this. Do you see that? See that? See no. the best? Oh, it's pretty cool. Was it like a Nashville type? No. So what is it that- is, what it is, is, uh, is uh, Adam Fantilli has a vest and on the vest, and on the lining of his suit, he actually has the names of 140 people that have come across his young career and have oh. had a positive impact, whether it's coaches, teachers, or anyone. So had his suit custom made for the draft, Neat. says Aaron Port's line, with all the names of the family, coaches, teachers, advisors, and others who have impacted his life and helped paved his path <laughs> to the NHL over 140 names listed on the back of his vest and lining in his jacket. Wow. Isn't that Did amazing? Did you see his interview, Tony? Just what a super kid. I, I've heard nothing but good things about him. He just all lives and breathes hockey. And uh, I was uh, actually, uh, you know, I was shocked that Anaheim passed on him. I just, I think they overthink, they overthought it, you know. Uh, there, there's just no comparison in, in the competitiveness in 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 Carlson and Fantilli. And I mean, he led the uh, led college in scoring as a freshman. Like, do they not think that he have as, as, as much offensive ups? He's got a better shot. He's faster than Carlson. Like he's just, he plays the pro NHL game way better than Carlson. Yeah. He's not as smart as Carlson, but geez, I just, I don't understand why they passed on him. I really don't. Hmm. I uh, I hear you. Okay, uh, if all goes well, uh, once again, uh, Tony Ferrari is going to join in about a minute or two. Um, the player that was just selected, Sale. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard some people like really, really high on him. What What can you tell us about him? Yeah. Well, I know Craig uh, Button had him kept him top ten. I don't know that many that are really high on him, but I certainly Craig obviously never waned from his, uh, you know, he had him top 10 early on and he, and he 
never dropped them despite disappointing tournament after disappointing tournament. Like, uh, he, I don't know how you can't be concerned about his competitiveness, uh, play away from the puck and desire. It just, you can have all the skill in the world, Tony, but if, uh, if you're not trying out there, you're not, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it 40, 50 years. There's been skilled kids that just didn't have this. And uh, that's a real question mark with that kid. So I don't care how skilled he is. If he doesn't uh, change his game around like a 180 degree, uh, it, it's uh, I'm, you know, I'm leery with that pick. But Seattle, you know, they, they took right and they taken – like they're taking potential, they're taking, yeah. skill. Uh, you know, I guess if they think they can teach these guys how to compete harder, uh, then they might have two home runs there. So I, I get it. And uh, if, there's, if there's a team where it's probably good for Sally to chalet to go, it would be Seattle where I don't think the spotlight is going to be on them too heavy. Yeah. You know, uh, he'll have, he may crack the lineup uh, fairly soon because they're not that deep with talent. So uh, that's an interesting pick for them. Yeah, Minnesota is uh, is up with pick number twenty one. Uh, Grant, do you uh, you want to stay with us, or do we touch base with you again in about thirty minutes for about five minutes, and we'll wrap this baby up? Tony, I don't mind staying. Uh, you're getting the picks here coming yeah. in, so okay. Good. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah, no problem. Bill Guerin, 21, Minnesota Wild. That's a good pick, Guerin. <laughs> Guerin was a good pick. Perot hasn't gone yet, eh? Perot has not gone yet. Perot wow. Not... Stramel is the pick. Oh, my goodness. People going with size. It's. Let's bring up your list again. Your top thirty-two. I have. Uh, Is he there? Stramel at forty-five. So, like those two picks in a row, Stramel and Chalet were both top ten going into the year. Mm-hmm. And they just had just completely disappointing seasons. But wow, uh, these guys are getting drafted on their size. Uh, and their previous, you know, pedigree. So I, I was told that Strom will probably go in the first round, but the guys that told me that also said they wouldn't touch him in the first round. So uh, once you get into the 20s especially, you know, all bets are off. You're going to get guys that – you're soon going to get guys that are probably ranked in my third round, you know, that go. So – uh um, I mean, every pick so far has been in my top 45, so nothing outrageous, but uh, I'm I'm still surprised that Perot sitting there. My ninth uh, overall pick is sitting there. Not um, surprised by Edstrom. I, I've professed since day one that that's my sleeper pick, and no one's gonna no one's gonna take him that high. But uh, Perot, that one's surprising me. He's I think he's a, you know, all it takes is you, these teams to have one. Like, I bet you there's a lot of teams that have him top 15. Yeah. And all it takes is them to have a guy one ahead, right? And yeah. That, 
that's you see it every year with one or two players. But that can it be slide. Grant? Grant, can it be that a lot of people or a lot of teams are actually looking at him and thinking that he was the benefactor of playing with two pretty good players? Can that be? And that you know his his point totals are probably inflated because he played with well, two really good players. He made them really good players too. Like they, yeah, just, no, I you know, that's, it's usually there, the way were, it works. You're right. There were a lot of nights when, uh, like, I had one scout especially that he he ended up having him ahead of Leonard on his list and said, just he, he's out playing these guys. Just about every time I go to see them, he's the best of the three. Uh, he's so smart. The best, such of the a three. good playmaker. Wow. Um, he's not that small, you know. He's not a great skater, but he's five. You know, he's the same height as the, the other two kids, basically a little. Sh- you know, a quarter inch or half an inch shorter or something like that. Uh, that one's surprising me because, you know, I, I, I don't rank anybody in the top ten without having some backing, and uh, I certainly had backing on him. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, a main reason why I put him in there was because uh, all my scouting uh, friends really liked him. So that one. Usually, when six out of six like a like a guy, he's he's going close to where you rank him. So that one's that one is surprising me. But it's it's a case of one of those kids that just takes one other guy ahead of the you know on the team list. And uh, uh, like I say, I bet you out of the twenty two teams so far, mm-hmm. twenty of them have had him top fifteen. But that yeah. doesn't mean right but they had another kid higher that yeah. dropped to them. So it happens every year. Hey, on Montreal's fifth pick overall, David Reinbacher, Arpen Basu of The Athletic tweets out, David Reinbacher's coach, Jeff Tomlinson, and GM Larry Mitchell in Cloton said they felt he would be drafted somewhere between four and eight based yeah. on conversations they had with clubs. So him going at number five was no surprise. I spoke to a lot of people from Arizona, Mitchell mm. added, and this probably answers my question, which was, couldn't you have made a trade and still got Reinbacker a couple of picks down the road? And I guess the answer to that is they probably feared that Arizona would take him next, Grant. Yeah, there was talk of that. It's funny, I, uh, I asked uh, Andre... Uh, about a week ago, if he saw Reinbacker at the uh, at the Worlds, because he was there, right, coaching coaching Canada, he's no, they were in the other, they were in the other division, eh? Mm. And uh, oh, okay. But uh, I I told him that I really liked the kid, you know, and I was really yeah. impressed with him at the World Championships, eh? And I said, well, you know. I think Montreal might take him at five. So, well, then forwards dropped to us, you know, and and they ended up taking us a defenseman too, right? <laughs> so yeah. uh, they, they had such a they had such a need for defense. They really did, you know. I I don't, uh, you know, with them trading away, uh, 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 Chikrin. Yeah, Jacob Chikrin. You know, yeah, they really or need of a top top pairing guy and i mean you know oh there goes bonk ah philly yeah yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah 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 talk to me about him 
oh, just solid, solid right defenseman. You know, got the prototypical size, uh, decent skater, smart, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, chipped in a little offense. Uh, Raddick's son, by the way, played for yeah, the Montreal right. Canadiens and right. the Ottawa Senators. And London, uh, that London factory, right? Uh, teams love, uh, teams love the uh, Dale Hunter coached prospects, and uh, you know, you know that he's just going to get better the next two years. So, um, there's, there's always, there's, there's always a uh, a need for uh, right defenseman that you think can. Uh, can perhaps play on your second pairing. That's just such a valuable uh, piece. All right. We, uh, I'm glad you're sticking around because it didn't work out for Tony Ferrari. Oh, okay. the hockey news. Uh, and, and Grant, well, one of the things I'm hearing is that uh, the Wi-Fi inside the, uh, the Bridgestone arena has been very, very uh, problematic for a lot oh. of members of the media. It's just been very, very weak and unstable and that probably would explain it, it seems like some okay. people are logging on and some people are not able to connect and that's that well, I, but you know what we'll take a rain check with tony that's not a problem i, I stuck around for a reason then you stuck uh, around for a reason i'm happy you did imagine you would have been gone by now <laughs> you yeah and then you had to take another pee break you'd have been yeah have been he's it. a pretty big boy eh what's that he's got a nice size bunk i'm looking at him up on stage oh yeah yeah no no he yeah Good size kid and a good kid. Okay. So I have to ask you this because the TV just showed a picture of his father, Raddick, again. You as a former NHL scout, Bloodlines, knowing that the son of a former NHLer is draft eligible, how much does that weigh into the equation? I I don't know. You know, we've seen uh, sons of, you know, how did Jared Tenorti turn out, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's hits and misses with the sons of, so, you know, if you, if you study your past history on that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't always uh, necessarily work out. Um, no, but I, Nolan, I, I, Pat, Nolan Patrick was the son of a, you know, hockey player and went third overall. I hope, I hope they didn't draft him because his dad, was a good hockey player, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think he went second overall, actually. Or sorry. Yeah. I had him ranked third overall. That's yeah. Right. But his, like, his, took a lot of, took a lot of guff for that. I, there's yeah, no but way. His, his career was shortened due to concussions. I mean, it's, you know, it's probably. Uh, it's so far uh, concussions and him not working out at the gym and being a bit of a prima donna and not uh, putting in the work. And mm-hmm. if he, if he'd have got stronger and worked hard in the off season, he may not have gotten those concussions either, you know? So, uh, I mean, you can use concussion to a certain degree, but he, uh, you know, he didn't have concussions the whole time. And there were certainly red flags from day one after they picked him where he just didn't, uh, put in the work, the record work off ice. We're going to put the cards on the table here. Are you ready? Sure. This draft is boring, man. This draft is boring. Okay. Like nobody's getting traded. Nobody's doing yeah, it. happens just about every draft. And you think I get fooled every year. I get asked, are there going to be trades in the top 10? You know, this year, I think there will, there will be. And again, it's not like the NBA draft or the NFL draft, right? No, but where, you're, you're, Grant, you're the commissioner of the National Hockey League. You're Gary yeah. Bettman, okay? 
<laughs> you're behind you're behind all the other sports in North America, okay? You're even behind some some sports at the collegiate level, okay? You're going on TV. This is a big big day for the National Hockey League, right? The draft is a big day. July 1st is a big day. All-Star weekend is a big day. Opening night is a big day. Start of the playoffs is a big day. NHL tra uh, trade deadline day is a big day. And, and, and the night the Stanley Cup comes out are big days, okay? There's about eight days that are bigger than others at the end of the year as far as the National Hockey League is concerned, okay? Yeah. The draft is way, way up there. It's one of the biggest days of the year because the draft starts at 7 and 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 media outlets, radio and television start their coverage probably about an hour before. Okay, so it's big, and and the coverage goes on for about three to four hours. So it's four hours of radio, four hours of television, four hours of podcasting, or at the very minimum three hours. Okay, got it. Yep, you got to have all the GMs, all the directors of scouting, on a Zoom call. And say, guys, I'm not <laughs> going to force you to do something. Uh, can no, we try to make that. this as entertaining as possible, please? Like, give them some kind of incentive. Give them right. a, uh, you know, come up with something on the cap. Come up with a bonus, uh, you know, a bonus cushion on the cap or something. If a team makes a trade on trade deadline on draft day. Perot. Perot, by the way. There you go. 23 to the Rangers. Yo, Perot. Finally, my top 10's gone. <laughs> yeah. So uh 17 of my top 18 are are gone now in the top 23. So that's you know that's about what I expected. Um I was not I was not uh anticipating like I say Edstrom to go to go as high as I have him, but I certainly Perot I'm a bit shocked that he didn't go till 23. Geez, the Rangers. That's a nice. Uh, that's a nice, that's a nice ad for them, boy. That's a nice. They'll sit ad in for nice the there. Yeah, really, eh? Yeah, I really like that. Richie's still. It's going to be interesting to see where Richie goes. Geez, he was another guy, Tony. That at the first of the year, like at the first of the year, you look at these guys. Will Smith wasn't top ten. You had Bedard, Fantilli. Um, Dvorsky, Carlson, Michkov. Kid's got a nice style. I like the suit. Uh, Jaeger, Richie. Uh, those were guys that were considered top ten, and maybe Benson. And uh, they've all they've all dropped. So, um, like no, not I mean like. A few guys like uh, Saleh dropped. Um, Richie's not, you know, hasn't been taken yet. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. And uh, and a few of these guys have dropped. It's weird that Perot, he was thought as, as a riser, you know, the second yeah. half of the year. And usually those guys, if they're risers, it was like Willander. I, you know, I was not surprised at all that he went, where he did because at the end of the year he 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 was rising and those guys typically just keep on uh, climbing like Casper um, last year. Yeah, and listen. And if you're watching this and looking at the Montreal Canadiens and saying, yeah, "Couldn't they have made a move 
They probably could have. The challenge is, is when they made the move yesterday for Newark, they got rid of picks 31 and 37. Right. So now their next pick is 69. They pick yeah. fifth and 69. Well, um, I think they have, fans have to be excited about, you know, you look at the big picture. This isn't just, they didn't just leave the draft with Reinbacher. They left the draft with a kid that was top 16 pick 2019. Uh, who scored 100 points in his draft year, who uh, went to went to college and was seventh in the league in scoring as a freshman. Um, second year, he was seventh overall in points per game. So, yeah, he went to Colorado, a team that won a cup in his first year, and he wasn't a prime piece. Well, that's because they were really good. Uh same deal last year. He didn't put up huge numbers, but he wasn't given an offensive role, an offensive opportunity. Uh, he played with Evan Rodriguez most of the year. Yeah. Well, he's not going to be playing with Evan Rodriguez in Montreal. He's going to be given better offensive line mates, <laughs> and he's going to be put in the power play. He's going to be given offensive opportunities. He's going to get tutelage from uh, – from uh, you know Marty St. Louis, who is that your dog? We saw with uh, oh, we got a barking puppy here. Yeah, that we, that we saw with uh, no. Let me see him. Let Caulfield, me see him. So let me see him. Can I see the puppy? Oh no, he he's too big. He's too big to just a sec. Hey, yeah, hey. it's okay. Enough. It's okay. I have to. I have to chastise him there. No, no, I just, he just wants a little play time. That's okay. Well, you know, he, he was pretty patient. We've been on here, what, an hour at least? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been on uh, for an hour. hour. That's pretty. That's a pretty good puppy. Yeah, no, that is, uh, <laughs> that is a pretty good puppy. Um, Cocker Spaniel. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I feel terrible now. Why don't you, you know, I can let you go play with your puppy. Don't worry about it. No, no, he just he heard something at the door. and Okay. He All right, remember I told you fun. that uh, about uh, Fantilli's uh, vest? Yeah, we have it. Let's bring it up. Oh, excellent! Such a great kid. Look at this, Shane. If you can bring it up, Adam Fantilli's vest. Look at that. Oh, sweet! Hey, a hundred and forty names of teachers, wow. coaches, family, advisors, people that have helped him along the way. His uh, his hockey. It takes journey. a village. It says at the bottom. That's pretty cool. You know what? That's He's a amazing. grounded kid. And you know what? That That is amazing because, you know, there's a lot of car rides, eh? And sometimes mom oh, and yeah. or dad can't bring you to every game. They can't bring oh. you to every practice. Sometimes they have two kids. Sometimes they have three kids. Sometimes there's the same activities, different activities going on at the same time. Sometimes somebody's out of town. Sometimes somebody's working. Yeah. And you know what? You, you have neighbors chipping in, this, that, whatever. I, I have, um, you know... Um, I, I know of, uh, of, of uh, one athlete who's pro, um, but doesn't have his license, and, uh, and uh, mom and dad right. work, and one of the neighbors drives him into practice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, rem I remember, you know, uh, my parents having to work or this or that and not being able to always take me and I'd get, you know, teammates, uh, parents would, would drive you to the tournament. 
and uh, you know, mom and dad wouldn't think it necessarily, or maybe they didn't even have the money. I don't know, but to to give me, and they, you know, they buy me, you know, uh, supper after the game and and stuff like that. And you just, you know, it, it's it's times like that that you look back on and you, you know you appreciate and uh, you can you can tell that Adam uh, Adam's a grounded kid and he he. He hasn't forgotten where he's where he came from. No, you know? and uh, you know what? You 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 cheer for people like that. You cheer for people like that. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, Columbus is ecstatic. I know Trevor. <laughs> like he, you know, more than once you said, "You think you think Anaheim takes Carlson?" You know, I said, "Well, I, I know you would like that. That's for sure." And and <laughs> I I just uh, I know I know that Columbus is is just over the top. When they, you know, that draft debacle when, yeah, uh, you know, Kevin Weeks uh, said, <laughs> and oh, tw- 24 Moldek, that's exactly where I had him ranked. So I like that. that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good pick. And uh, when was the last time you spoke to Trevor? Uh, I just got a tweet from him uh, five minutes ago about Bonk. Oh, really? I don't have time to respond to it right now, but yeah. Oh, okay. Because we talked a lot about uh, Bonk. Uh, he really liked Bonk, too. It's funny. They had the 22nd pick, and they traded it to Philly. And uh, Philly uh, took uh, took Bonk. So that that's kind of cool. So talk to me about Molendyke, who goes uh, to the Nashville Predators. It's a big pick for them because, obviously, they're hosting the draft. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, he's uh, – I like him more than Palika. Same size, uh, similar skate, like just a fantastic skater. But 27 minutes a game, he was playing in the playoffs for Saskatoon. Just the man. And they won two series. They were behind to Red Deer 3 nothing, Tony. And one of those rare series where the team that comes back from 3 nothing down and wins it in seven. Yeah. That was Molendyke. He was the man. Like he, you know, he... He guided them back. Uh, just a, a minute muncher. He was fantastic at the Ivan Halenka last last year, uh, last summer. And I, at the time, I had him close to the top ten and loved him. And he dropped off a little bit. Didn't have a great start. Didn't put up any goals. But second half of the year, we saw the started to see the potential with that kid. And uh, I I think he's going to be uh, I think he's going to be a good NHLer. I think. Nashville made a really solid pick there. He skates well, huh? Oh, fantastic skater. He's like he's top five among defensemen for sure. Uh, there's some good skating defensemen like Goliev hasn't gone yet. Simishev, Polika, him. They're kind of and Willander. Five of those guys, all fantastic skaters. So as you as you see in the playoffs too, you know. Good skating, uh, mobile defenseman is is so important, and uh, that's why these guys are all going. So Pecorine named the pick, and supposedly had a tough time uh, reading out Tanner Molendike. Oh, and, uh, not as tough Roberto, as Gary. Yeah, and Roberto Luongo just <laughs> tweets out the attendees are having a tough night selecting <laughs> picks. Yeah, that was uh, oh, uh, we we're sitting there. <laughs> uh, we were sitting there and kind of. Mm, it felt bad for Carrie there. Jeez. Like, did 
did they not whisper it to him? And like, he still didn't say it, you know, I, I like at least Clarky, at least Clarky was quick about it when he, uh, yeah. when he forgot the name, you know, but that's going to go up there, you know, the top 10, you know, the TSN does their top 10 moments, things, and yeah. that's going to be right up there with Clarky forgetting Giroux's name. And uh, Look. now price, price, you know, price is going to be a part of infamy <laughs> from now on with the, uh, with that flub, but hey, that, that's okay. I mean, we'll I tell you, this. That. you know what? I would imagine. First of all, I thought it was funny. That's number one. <laughs> yeah. Number two, I, I would imagine that some people are going to think I'm inconsiderate here. But look, mistakes happen. They happen to anybody. Oh, right? for, sure. for I, sure. I think it's a very unfortunate mistake, though. Okay. Yeah. Carrie Price is in Kelowna, BC. They flew him in because he's a former fifth pick overall to announce the fifth pick in the draft. That's his only right, job. That's right. all he has to do, right? Yeah. He didn't have to order supper last night, and he doesn't have to order breakfast tomorrow. He just has to name yeah. David Reinbacker. That's well, maybe he had memorized Michkov, and, uh, you know, when he got up there, <laughs> got told, uh, you know, no, no, that's not who we're taking. It just threw him for a loop, Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I doubt that. But anyway, uh, you know what? <laughs> Carrie gave us, uh, Carrie probably, you know what? Carrie wanted to give us one more highlight. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and he did. He and wasn't he done, you know, one more. Uh... <laughs> Speaking yeah. of which, you look back at that draft, 2005. Carrie Price, fifth pick overall. Off the you saw the career he had? Yeah. Was that the best pick? Um. Or would have been Kopitar at five, or 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 did LA Kopitar? make a pick with Kopitar at eleven? Uh, we've had this conversation before, Tony. I don't know if we have. Yeah, I remember, and I I, I explained it to you. Okay. <laughs> like Kopitar played in like what Slovenia? Slovenia, yes. Yeah. Like there a weren't a lot unknown, of scouts. Right? There weren't a lot of scouts, uh, you know. It's not on the uh, beaten track, fair to say. Geez, St. Louis didn't take the goalie. Okay. Hmm. Rabel, I thought St. Louis might take Rabel at 25 because they have three three uh, first-round picks, but they took Stenberg, who I did have in my first round uh, right till the end when some scouting friends convinced me that he wasn't a first rounder so i bumped him to the start of the second but anyway i'll blame the i'll blame uh my scouting friends for that one stenberg <laughs> split the majority of the 2022 2023 season between Frolunda and their junior team one of just 10 u18 players to record a point in the shl in 2022 2023 mm. captain sweden to a silver medal at the 2023 U18 World Championships, this uh, coming yeah, off of the screen watching uh, Sportsnet. He was good. He was good in tournaments, you know. Every time uh, he was, like, top five in all these U18 tournaments, and you couldn't – but if you look at his stats in the junior, mm -hmm. they weren't overwhelming. I don't know. Uh, he, he seemed to save his best for when he had on the, the Swedish jersey. So he um, – and I mean, you know, at the end of the year, you see him captain the team, and he uh, put up good numbers again. 
some guys are a little worried that he's not overly big and and maybe a bit perimeter, mm-hmm. and that's where I think the concern came in with him. Yeah. But certainly, uh, you know, he's a good skater. He's got a great shot. He can create offense, and the hope will be that he can uh, find a top. You know, he can become a top six six player that that can contribute on the power play. So. I I don't mind that pick with the St. Louis and they got uh who did they take at 10? Uh Dvorsky? Yeah. So that's a that's a pretty nice there's a nice mix there, you know. Um maybe that's two thirds of a of a top two line for, for the blues down down the road. Um it's funny, you know, two of the guys that Dvorsky has been compared to are, are uh, Shen and Ryan O'Reilly. And who were yeah. the who were St. Louis's top two centers on their Stanley Cup win? Those two guys. So I thought it almost fitting that, you know, here, you know, here's the next generation, right, uh, coming up. And uh, maybe, who knows, maybe those two guys uh, help lead St. Louis to another cup someday. Yeah, so we continue to have uh, Oh, Carrie Price with the tweet. Boy, that was embarrassing. Sorry, David. Reinbacher. Yeah, he's got to feel bad for Reinbacher there, but I mean, he said David, so you know, I don't know if he said the club team or not. Did you say Montreal drafts David? Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so I knew who I knew who it was. Like they weren't taking David Edstrom. You know, uh, it was going to be David Reinbach. But you still no, like to hear that. You know, listen. I don't want to add to this, but because it's a mistake, it's just what's unfortunate about yeah, yeah, it yeah. is as well as it's, it's David Reinbacher's one moment in his NHL in his life right. where he's going to be called. Right, he's going to be drafted. But how did it's it turn? One out, moment. How did it turn out for Claude Giroux? Did he? Did he bounce back from that, Tony, or did it uh, scar him for life and became a bust? No, know? he 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 carved out a real nice career for himself. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's just hope. Uh, hey, he's the uh, he's the Claude Giroux of uh, of defenseman. Let's just hope that that's David Reinbacher's career. You know. Yeah. No. No. I hear you. Uh, San Jose pick twenty six is in. By the way, I'm not surprised that they picked Will Smith with the fourth pick overall. Mike Greer from St. Sebastian's, Will Smith, St. Sebastian's. There uh, you go. American kids there. I just I had a feeling that that was going to happen, and it happened. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I wasn't aware of that till they they spoke about it at the draft there when uh, mm-hmm. Greer and I thought, oh, okay, there's that connection there, and I guess there was a connection with Hughes as well, right? I think uh, he coached him. I think. He was coached Smith at some point. I... He, he, he coached Will Smith, yes. Yeah. So he coached Will Smith, knows the family, all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, you know, there's an assumption that, well, if he coached him, then he it draft him. But, well, you know, sometimes uh, the opposite, right? You know the kid pretty well and you don't, and you like someone else a little better. But, I mean, we don't know if Montreal would have picked. Smith at five, but probably it seemed like, uh, you know, the offense is the name of the, of this draft. Uh, for the most part, the, a lot of teams are, it's almost like they're picking a fantasy team, you know? They're, they're, yeah. 
whoever uh, whoever they think can get the most regular season points is uh, the highest on their list. So, Musty, yeah, I think oh, I had Musty. Uh, Musty. There, there's his, there's Simon's pick right there. Simo the Snake Boisvert had him at number six on his list. Right, you know where I had him. <clears throat> where did you 25. have him? Five. And he went twenty-six. So. And he went twenty-six. So wow. underachiever. That's, that's a pretty accurate he, list, Grant. That's pretty he slid. Good. He slid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. That was that one's pretty dead on. Um, it's a big kit. Yeah, but he doesn't use his size. That's the that's the concern with him. That he's a he's a little shy going in the corner sometimes. I think I sent you a clip there at one point this yeah. year, right? Yeah. And said, "This is why he's not going." You know. He's not going top 10, you know, but, uh, Hey, Simon, Simon always has his favorites and he's like me, you know, a seven point game in December. It is. He's like me with Dvorsky. I, I hear you. I, you know, I'm sticking to my guns. And, uh, so, you know, I respect, uh, I respect Simon to, uh, for, uh, you know, not being uh, influenced by outside. Yeah, good for him. I like people that have their opinions Rebel. and they stick to their guns. Yeah, led uh, his team in assists, by the way. Yeah, but, no, he... I think he's. I think he's got the no socks thing going on. Is it? I can't see from here, but he might have the no socks things going on, which is which is kind of cool. <laughs> I I guess they're uh, hopefully they replay this right. So yeah, got the nice. I, always, I you know I'll catch I'll catch this later. I don't have. Uh... Yeah, no, no, the nice blue pants, the short pants. By the way, you see a little bit of ankle there. And uh, they all yeah. got short pants. That's what the wife that's was the style uh, commenting that's the style. on. Yeah, that's yeah. the style nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Hey, whatever works. Certainly nobody wearing bell bottoms, eh, Tony? No, no. They don't have his name, by the way, on the back of the jersey. They have sharks, so they didn't have his name. So they didn't know if he oh, was going to yeah. be available, but. Yeah, well. And they'll probably say that, oh, we had no. We had no idea that he was going to uh, drop. But, the rebuild, uh, the Montreal Canadiens rebuild. Um, is it where do you see them going with this? When you take a look at other teams that have gone down the rebuild thing and they're going down it right now, do these teams have better prospects than the Canadians that the Canadians have to continue to rebuild? Or can the Canadians going forward, can they match some of these teams and the Canadians can get out of this rebuild? Um well, it's not just prospects. I don't think with Tony, uh, there's a pile of uh, kids under 24 that are on. They're already on the team, right? Yeah. Uh, I Suzuki, think they have Doc a, Caulfield, Slavkowski, Kaden Gooley. Well, all of the defensemen that they, you know, yep. all of those rookie defensemen who were five last year, right? They're all under 24, except for Kovacevic. But there's four under 24. You know, Slavkowski, Caulfield, Suzuki, Farrell, uh, RHP, I don't, is he 24? I think he might be 23. You know, all these guys are under 24 years of age. Uh, and then, you know, you've got all these kids coming, Roy and uh, Farrell, Kapanen, who I love. Beck, um, uh, you know, Reinbacher, obviously, uh, they, I think that, uh, and Newhook obviously is under is under twenty four as well. So, when you start adding it up, 
like they're doing similar to what Gordon did after I think it was like a two two or three years that he had multiple first round picks, and then he's okay. Now we're you know they picked up Panarin, they um, traded for Adam Fox, they they picked up some guys similar similar to what Hughes is doing here. He picked up Doc right. Who was it? Who was a yeah. young draft pick? Now mm-hmm. they pick up New Hook, so they're signaling, as far as I'm concerned, that they want to try to make the playoffs next year. They may not do it, yeah. But uh, with all the injuries they had last year and how they remain competitive, how they worked in five rookie defensemen, yeah. Uh, how they're going to add a uh, New Hook, who just like these other kids under 24, they're mm-hmm. all presumably just going to be better each year. Jerry York told me yesterday that his projection for Alex Newick, he said he thinks he can, he coached them for two years at Boston college. He said, th- he th- said he thinks he can explode in Montreal oh. and uh, he can see him picking up 60 points. Your thoughts on that projection. Depends if uh, you know, it, it if he's on the second line with uh, Slavkowski and and Monahan, uh, or Monahan and Anderson, or whatever, yeah. however they end up doing it, or Doc, he gets uh, tops, you know, top two power play time. I did you see the highlights that I posted of him? Just a few of his, just showing off his speed, you yeah. know, on a few plays yesterday. I I tweeted out a one minute video just of a you know a few highlights mm-hmm. super quick <laughs> oh he, he you know he's gonna he's gonna be exciting and uh i think a, a lot of it is just a matter of getting some opportunity the offensive opportunity that he wasn't given i talked to aj oh there's richie there okay yeah i talked to uh aj heifley from uh, denver sports avalanche and uh, he, he was saying that just, uh, you know, he, he, they tried to make him a third-line center, and that's not – I that's not – if you talk to Jerry Rourke and others, right, that's not uh, what – that's not why they drafted him 16th overall. That He's, he's, he's definitely got top six upside. So Canadians are going to be exciting to watch next year. They, uh, they may surprise. Like, if they get the goaltending, mm-hmm. if the – the rookie defensemen all are more comfortable next year. You know, Gooley looked yeah. great. You know, Jacki looked great. Uh, Harris is solid. Gooley's the real deal. He is. You know, um, Matheson just kept getting better. Like, holy frig, he was second he half like, of the year. He looked like a star defenseman in the second he, half of the season. He did. Savard was way better last year, so I don't accept. I don't expect him to fall back to what he was his first year. I think he'll be solid again next year. If Montebo, uh, you know, doesn't fall back and, and we keep seeing the progression with his play, I don't see why the Canadians can't be, uh, you know, somewhere to 80 to 100 points, you know, and, yeah. and in the mix. Uh, Jonas Siegel says, Leaves draft table has been a buzz ever since the Predators made the 24th overall pick. Lots of Tratter. Between Brad Tree Living and his staff, Leafs are due up at 28. By the way, if you saw images of Tree Living leaving the um, draft floor, 
that's because of the deal that they had with the Calgary Flames that up until Calgary picked, he could not be on the floor and he can only go back on the floor after Calgary picked. Yeah. Is, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but anyway. Yeah, optics, I guess. Eh? Not that it made any difference, but um, who's picking next, Tony? Do you know? Uh, we'll bring it up right here. Hold on a second. Because if you uh, if you want to say who's picking next, I can maybe Shane. Who's the next pick after um, after Colorado? Shane's got the list. Okay, I'll get a list up here too. Toronto. Toronto's coming up now. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it is Toronto. Right, you just told yeah. me that, didn't you? Yeah, Toronto's coming up now. Yeah, I guess I should listen to you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it'd be interesting to see uh new re- regime if they keep going for small skilled guys like they they kind of were in the habit of doing for a few years there. Um Edstrom would be a great pick here if they wanted to go that route um see who else i have on my list here that uh i don't know if they go with the goalie that'd be interesting (laughs) gavin brindley love that kid's game but he's small and they don't need small guys anymore i don't have too many left in my top uh, 32 ethan goche Ethan Gauthier, Denny Gauthier's son, who's uh, the you know the number one touted player out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, has not gone out yet. And yeah. for Ethan and and uh, Denny and the entire family, we'd love if it can happen in the first round. That's always pretty cool. It's always uh, you know it's a it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a privilege to get drafted in the National Hockey League, but it's a huge honor to get drafted in the first round, of course. Um, yeah. See what happens. Tree Living is on his way up. Okay. I'm a little surprised this Fisker Mulgard, uh, he was a kid that I thought was on the rise and uh, played at the World Championships as well. Danish kid, really solid two-way center. I think uh, can expect uh, teams to start looking seriously at him at this point in the draft. Um, might be uh, might be a player that gets picked by Toronto. They could, they could use a, a good two-way defensive-minded uh, center in the system um edstrom's the same they're both really good two-way centers so i guess uh at the end of the day edstrom's skating is uh holding him back because i thought he looked really good at the under 18s for sweden six three center five goals he was uh he was outstanding there but uh at this point grant when you're a scout 28 29 30 31 32 the best players available for the most part have gone. Do you start looking at organizationally now, or you still just look at who you think the better player is? Uh, I think still in the first round, you're, uh, you know, you're leaning towards BPA because as a rule, there's probably some guy that's 20th on your list or something and top 20 somewhere. And, uh, you know, he drops to there. I don't think you 
you put too much of an emphasis on what position he plays or what your needs are. But if, uh, you know, your top three or four guys on your list are, are close mm-hmm. and have a definite need somewhere, you you, le- you lean towards the, the need, I think. There we go. We'll have the pick in just a second here. Mm-hmm. Wes Clark, director of amateur scouting, makes the pick. Cowan. Cowan. Oh, I have Cowan 32. So I have him as uh, as a first round guy. That's, uh, hmm. I don't like that. I don't like that Toronto got Cowan because <laughs> I Why really not? like him. You like him, eh? <laughs> that's a, that's a, uh, that's, that's a nice pick. So talk to us about him. Marner, uh, funny, they take, you know, back to London, right? Yeah. Last time they, uh, they took a first rounder out of London. It didn't turn out too badly with Mitch, Mitch Marner. Marner fourth overall. Yeah. Uh, Cowan was the, he may have been the best player in the uh, best forward in the OHL playoffs. Just, uh, uh, he's got a nonstop motor. This kid never stops competing. Uh, you know, he's not the biggest kid, but they call him cowboys. Uh, he's a farm boy from uh, Southern Ontario and may not be the biggest in size, but lots of sandpaper uh, competes hard and he, you know, he'll, he'll fill out. And uh, I really like that pick for, for Toronto. I think they, you know, he'll be a middle line guy that uh, brings energy and, and nonstop competitiveness, uh, very smart, lots of skill, uh, good playmaker. And uh, you know, I think they need guys that help up, help you at playoff time win. And that's exactly what Cowan did. I I talked to Logan Mayu a couple of days ago and I was asking oh, yeah? him about Yeah. And I was asking him about uh these guys and he had nothing but good things to say about Cowan. He th- he thinks uh you know, him going in the first round is a good pick for whoever took him. So hats off to Toronto to uh step up. He was a real riser, you know, a lot, most of the year, I think a lot of lists had him mm-hmm. after 50. Yeah. But he just, every time you'd watch London, he was, he was outstanding and just kept getting better. And then in the playoffs, like I say, he may, may have been the best uh, forward in the OHL playoffs. So uh, I really like that pick for Toronto. I think they, uh, they need to pick up playoff type guys and uh cowan's gonna gonna be that for him down the road funny tweet from Stu cowan who says i need to find out more about this kid right because a cowan was drafted in the first round <laughs> which is, is kind of cool um yeah uh, hold on a second uh kyle davidson sounds shocked that the blackhawks got oliver moore at 19th mm. they hadn't even prepared for that scenario that's how unlikely they thought it was all right okay that's yeah. coming in from ben pulp who covers the uh, chicago blackhawks there's always a few of those, you know, uh, and, and I mean, for a lot of the year, more was, uh, if you saw lists at midterm, there were some guys, he outplayed, uh, Will Smith at the top prospect game, the all American top prospects game. Mm-hmm. And at that point there was talk that maybe, you know, geez, maybe, you know, certainly more competitive and, and better motor than, uh, than Smith. So, the thoughts were that maybe maybe he's the better prospect, but as uh, as it went along, he uh, he kind of slipped a bit, 
just because of questions about how creative he could be. I, I heard comparisons to Dylan Larkin, but not with without his size, right? Larkin can fly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's a pretty good comparison. Like if you know, if he's a mini Larkin, that I'll take that at twentieth uh, overall or what, whatever it was that he dropped nineteen. Yeah, that, that's fair value. But the certainly, tweet of, guys, the tweet of the night I think goes to Greg Wyshynski. Flyers should start selling tickets for the 2026-2027 season. That's good. Obviously, in regards to Michkov coming over. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's right. They got Michkov. Well, uh, hats off to Danny Briere. To, you know, he's looking at this as a three-year rebuild. Like he got rid of, you know, basically giving away guys. You know, like Hayes, geez, half the salary and uh sixth round pick. Like that's just telling you that, okay, we're, we're going to, uh, there's going to be some growing pains here, right? For a couple of years. So I think he has a plan it kind of blow it up. Uh, you know, they'll get another high pick next year and the year after that, and these guys come in, uh, and start contributing at the same time that uh, Michkov does. Hey, maybe yeah. three, four years down the road, the Flyers are flying again, you know? So pick 29 is in. We're going to find out just a second okay. here regarding St. Louis. Continue, Grant. Sorry about that. Well, here's here. This might be where they, uh, they take the goalie. We'll see. Certainly Bennington, I think has fallen out of favor. You know, he just keeps doing bonehead things all the time. And, I, don't, I think I don't know that he was frustrated last year. Yeah, I don't know how popular he is, uh, and he, you know he kind of worn out his welcome a bit. But th they need a goalie of the future and three first round picks. At this point, I think Rabel is good value. Like, yeah, he had that one bad game in the world in the under 18s but I mean, young goalies have bad games. Lindstein, okay, yeah who I have very early second. So you're there. You're only, off I did Yeah, I didn't have, I did have them like right around 29 for long, longest time. And just, you know, he's six foot. He doesn't have a lot of offense. I mean, you love how he competes and defends and, uh, you know, he's good defensive defenseman, but six foot defensive defenseman. I kind of thought maybe he would slip out of the first round as it turned out, but that that's that's a solid pick of twenty nine. I'm thirty five, so you know when you're at this point of the draft, anytime you're within 10, 10 picks, uh, it's certainly not a reach uh, in any regard, you know. So, no. um, although all three of those Swedish defensemen that were at the uh, U18s go in the top thirty, so. That uh, that's not a surprising pick, just because he was on the top pairing with uh, with Palika on most in most of the tournaments this year. So David oh, Ryan says David Ryanbacker says that he wants to finish his studies. Yeah, yeah, one more year of school, eh? Yeah, good for him. Ah, good for him. They don't have to. They don't have to rush him along. They can take their time. He's not a player no, who's going to no. jump into the lineup right away, anyway. Well, it didn't, you know, all the all of the uh, backlash about KK, right? 
rushing them over. It's funny. Like I talked to uh, somebody that was drafting high in that draft that uh, they interviewed um, KK and he told them that like they asked him what his plan was, mm -hmm. you know, and he said back, back to uh, a sat for a year, uh, a year in the AHL mm -hmm. and then I'll be ready for the Canadians. That's what he himself thought was the, the plan for how, you know, how is that right? Go? Yeah. How we'll go with them. Wow. This was before Montreal picked him, right? This yeah. was in the combine being in interviewed. In the end, he was, he was right, I think. Well, maybe. Maybe. Well, I mean, he, he did okay, but he probably would have been. You would think that yeah. you take a little bit more time. You're, the, the adage is, is that, uh, you know, one more year, you know, developing or two more years developing never really hurt anybody, did it? No, no. But, I mean, he was, you know. Second line center on a semifinal team, you know. He's been on a top three center on two teams that made it to the semifinals and finals uh, before the age of 23. So it's not like he's been, you know, like he developed horribly, but maybe maybe he'd be a little further ahead if he had gone that route. Maybe he'd have a little more offensive confidence, you know. Yeah. Certainly, I know Gord Miller, you know, always harped on that. and. But Asat, too, the next year yeah. was a gong show. They were last place. They replaced their coach. They, you know, his dad was part of that organization. I think he got canned. And yeah, I don't know that it would have been a perfect because uh, he had a good rookie season in Montreal. And then he hurt his knee, didn't train that summer. And then, and then he, he had a you couple know, of he fell back. Yeah, but, he had a couple of injuries. But the fact that, uh, he, he even said, like, he figured the second year he play AHL, that's the part that really, you know, geez, why didn't they send him down early in the second year when when he was struggling? And mm -hmm. I said it, and a lot of people, like, he should be in the AHL, you know, because he'd lost his confidence. He was a step slower than he was the year before. He needed to go down and gain some confidence, and they – I don't know if it was, you know, certainly I think if you'd asked KK, he wouldn't have had a problem with it because, like I say, in these interviews, that's what he expected, that he'd be in the AHL second year. Like, I, I often thought, like, was it they don't want to hurt his pride, so they're not doing it. Bergman doesn't want to hurt his pride by, you know, top three pick being sent down to the AHL and the house. Like, it, I'd be interested in knowing what the – what the thought process was in that second year when it was pretty apparent to most of us that he should have probably been down in the AHL for more than the handful of games that he did go down. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, let's take a look at uh, pick 30 is in the Carolina hurricanes. Uh, so three more picks left in this draft and see what happens here. And then we can say goodbye to this draft. That was a very boring draft. <laughs> I'm not no sure it's boring, man. The no trades draft. There's too many dinosaurs working in the National Hockey League from top to bottom. It has to change, man. It has to change. Pretty soon they're going to get passed by the MLS. Well, We're almost there. Trust me. Unfortunately, with the uh, some market, 18, they already got passed. Tony, if it was a 19 or 20 year old draft, you'd see more movement because players would be ready to step in. 
but because they're not like in the NBA and the NFL, they're drafting kids that are going to play. They're yeah. plugged in the spots that year. So there's a lot more trades up and down because you're drafting for need and you're draft, you know, of course, you're drafting for because that guy can play a, a role for you the next season with 18 year old, 17 year old kids. You, they're often three to five. Oh, there's Nado. Okay. Bradley Nado, who I had at the end of the first, and I moved him down at late. Where'd you move him? Yeah. 38. So it's okay. early, early second. That's, uh, you know, like you say, anytime it's within 10 or even 15, when you, once you get to 30, that's uh, right in the right in the range of what you expect, you know. Yeah, five ten and a quarter, but geez, very similar to uh, Newhook, you know, had the hundred plus point season in the BCHL. Similar, similar height. Uh, Newhook's a little uh, stronger kid and probably a little better skater, but this kid has he's he's uh, got some dynamic uh, playmaking abilities, so. Carolina just adds another, uh, you know, really skilled kid that uh, they can probably protect them with some some bigger two way guys like KK and uh, and the like, and uh, he he'll fit in he'll fit in nicely with the with the Canes. Even the reaction from the parents is not the same. Remember, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> your kid gets drafted in the National Hockey League. I mean, uh, one year ago, you remember what happened, right? After the 29th pick, Maverick Lamoureux. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah that's the right. Coyotes. Oh, yes. That was exciting, eh, Tony? Mom, mom and dad were very happy. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was... Well, they, maybe they should. very happy, and I can understand dad being very happy, too, right after. Like, that's, uh, wow. <laughs> the uh, Maybe they should get more ex-players to go up and uh, – and announce the picks like uh Clarky and Price. The Pittsburgh Penguins put up a tweet of uh of uh <laughs> of, of their first pick actually getting a phone call from Sidney Crosby, which is always always pretty cool. Uh yeah, and uh, their first pick was uh at 14, was it? Yeah. So Bradley Nadeau. The Q doesn't have a player drafted yet, eh? No, but that's Goche is expected to go around thirty, so might see him might see him be one of the last two picks here. I, I hope ranked, so. I had him rank thirty ones, and they're picking thirty one now. So would be nice. Who's up, Tony? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, hold on a second, Shane. Picks thirty one and thirty two. Well, picks thirty one. That's well, the, the Colorado. The, the, the Colorado that the Canadians traded. Yeah, I was just yeah. I was thinking that was Montreal's picks. Yeah, and I I would have had them pick taking Goche here. So uh, maybe Colorado. Thirty two would be Vegas, right? So That's Colorado right. and Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, Colorado's had some some success with some. Uh, uh, Q leaguers before, Tangay was a was a heck of a pick back in yeah, the day. 
Yeah, Alex Tanga was a great pick. Yeah, you know. Uh, Rene Corbet. Yeah. Wasn't a bad little player either. Um, so, Joe, Joe wouldn't be averse to uh, heading there. Yeah. Be interesting. Be interesting if they took somebody like Edstrom, but. Vegas, Vegas has a few Quebecois players on the team. Uh, That's Roy, true. Carrier, Marcia So. Yeah. Not all they of them might. drafted by Vegas, but obviously it was. Uh, Carrier was. Uh, it was funny. I remember I, I, I made a road trip up to Val d'Or and uh, Carrier, I think he was with Cape Breton. And he, uh, he played up there and I, he had a terrific game. Mm-hmm. I remember I I texted uh, Trevor and said, this guy, you know, this kid might be a first-round draft pick. The way he played, you know, the way he played tonight. Like, I, oh, there's no way he's going in the first round, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you a case of beer that he doesn't go in the first round. Who, William Carey? Well, okay, I mean, I, you know, I'm just saying, like, he had a yeah. good, he had a couple of good games. Yeah. No, he didn't go in the first round, Tony. But no, he went in the second round. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But I mean, he turned into a you know a very useful, good NHL player. Oh, for know? sure. For sure. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have been a bad pick to take him at the end no, of the first round. No, he's been a Vegas Golden Knight for the last six years. As it turned out, you know. Yeah, you know, it was on their on their fourth line of a team that won the Stanley Cup. Oh yeah. No heavy plays a heavy game. You know. Uh, Oh, they just flashed it, but it went away. I like Nicholas Roy a lot, by the way. Pardon me? Uh, Gouliev. Oh, Gouliev. Oh, my goodness. So they've got Gerard, Makar, and Gouliev now. And Byram. Good luck trying to catch those guys with the puck. Talk, Talk to us about this player. Well, represented I had by ten. Dan Milstein, you can tell, who uh, was just there next to him, his agent, who also represents uh, Sergachev. Just uh, dynamic. Oh, my goodness, what a skater. I saw I, – I I fell in love with him early in the year looking at – because all you could do is video scout these these Russian kids, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, he just flies up the ice. Uh, <laughs> Makar – Gerard and Gulyayev, my goodness. Uh, the kid speed, is happy, speed, man. Speed. The kid is happy. Look at him. I'm glad he went because I had him. I had him my first. I had him at one point, Tony. I had him top five. Really? Just, yeah. Just I saw. I see him as maybe being the most dynamic uh, defenseman in this draft class. Well, I'm but, so happy to hear that after the Canadians drafted Reinbacker fifth, Mozitou. But he's five ten and he's Russian, Tony, just uh, like Michkov. That's right. Two so strikes. We're not only going to have one Russian's haunt us, we're going to have two of them: Michkov <laughs> and Gulyayev. <laughs> well, this kid is the closest. I called him. Ru- forget. I called him the Russian Makar, and now. But yeah, while we're at it, and por qué no? <laughs> I you called call, him, you call him the Russian Makar? Uh, that's what I called him, the Russian Makar. And now they've got both. They've got the uh, Canadian Makar and the Russian Makar. 
This night keeps on getting better and better. I think that I had this night circled on my calendar since the beginning of the season. And now I got to hear this. Wow. Uh, how many guys left in my first round? I'll have a quick scan here. Goche, Brindley, who's 5'8". That's why he hasn't been picked. Uh, Two and a half minutes for Vegas. They're on the clock. Final okay. pick of round one. Uh, Edstrom, who, again, I'm not surprised. And then the Molgard. Okay, so four guys left in my uh, top 32 that haven't been picked. So that's 28 out of 31, I guess. Yeah. Taken. That's a lot higher than normal. So that's... I've had some drafts where it's 23, 24 guys that I have in my first round that get taken. So uh, as far as being accurate with where, where NHL teams pick, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. With that number. That's very good. It's very good. It's excellent, actually, Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, no, and Hrabel. So it's 20. Okay. The goalie. So I think 27, which is excellent, like I'm happy with. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, this last guy will be somebody in my top. Ray Koss got to be Sturback, Haltonen, you know, uh, Goche. Yeah. They're all possibilities. The goalie, um, Edstrom. Man, if they end up with Edstrom, because I <laughs> here's I, the final pick. Here we go. He reminds me of Stone Edstrom. So if they ended up Vegas ended up taking him, I'd be you know Makar and the Russian Makar, and then Stone yeah. and the Swedish Stone. <laughs> we'll see. Can you believe it? Six years in, they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I know. Fans have been trying for thirty. Flyers did it in seven. Amazing. Yeah. They they Flyers came in 67 and they won 73, 74. All right. So here we go. Pick number 32 and the final pick of round one. Except of a exciting NHL draft coverage. Connor Antonio? Bedard, Leo Carlson, Adam Fantilli. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith, David Reinbacher, the top five. I I get the impression that you're not completely enthralled with the David Reinbacher pick. Would that no, be? No, no, no. I you know any time you have a chance to get the uh, the best defenseman in the draft, you take it. Yeah. I just you know they just for me as long as those other guys don't score fifty or forty, they got the right pick. Okay. If those guys score fifty or forty. I'm always a guy. Grant, I like offense. I like ah, offensive well. players. Well, I like goal scorers. I pay to watch goal scorers. I that's true. Watch, I don't pay to watch defensemen play twenty five minutes a game. I can't believe that they got the Swedish Mark Stone. So but I back can understand. They got the Russian, the Russian Makar, and the uh, Swedish Mark Stone going to those those teams. That's, wow! There you have it. That's kind of cool. I'm envious of, of Vegas. They win the cup and then they get my 
favorite sleeper pick who was top 15 on my Is list. Is he your favorite sleeper pick really, eh? I had him I had him 14th. So Wow. So that's uh so he plays like Mark Stone. He does. He, he he always gets a stick on the puck. I've never since I started uh, scouting, I've never seen anybody uh that just turns the puck over always gets six three uses his size his anticipation so smart he's uh i love this pick and uh i'm envious of vegas for uh win the cup and then they get my favorite i uh i want to thank i want to thank uh kyle woodleaf of the the red line report uh byron bader of hockey prospecting mac andre pero of tivia spa I especially want to thank you, Grant. You were with me now for like almost two hours. So kind of you to give your time on a very important night for our podcast like tonight. Uh, That's it, folks. The NHL draft 2023 is over. If you were expecting a big trade, it didn't happen. It happened yesterday or a couple of them happened. If you were expecting Michkov with the Canadians, it didn't happen. (laughs) <laughs> uh, they got David Reinbacker, who on most people's list is the number one touted defenseman in the draft. And uh, he's a right-handed defenseman. He's got good size. And uh, we'll talk about that over the next couple of days and more, I'm sure. Unrestricted free agency is around the corner. It opens up on July the 1st. I want to thank uh, our partners, Energy Transportation Group, Playground, Labitta TB, and Murphy Clinic. Grant, you have a great Tony, night. We'll talk to you soon. Tony? Yeah. Tony, uh, you, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you said the draft is over? Well, no, round part of me. The, round one is over. Okay. Round two to seven. Yes. Goes tomorrow and, morning, starting at 11 a.m. Yeah. And uh, we'll bring you the sick podcast tomorrow night at the same time again at 7 p.m. to wrap up the draft and recap everything. But, Grant, thanks okay. for correcting me. The draft is not over. Round one right. is over. And they have still have like what eight picks or something like that. So, uh, you know, you know what? Maybe uh, they'll get some offensive players. Yeah, so. let's let's we'll wait and see. <laughs> Thank okay. you, Grant. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, the Canadians' next pick is going to be pick sixty-nine. And uh, you know, I don't know how you mess up pick sixty-nine, but I, I hope they don't because uh, it, it usually. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's usually, you know, pretty good. Uh, That's it for me. Uh, I think I've said enough. All right. Okay. Um, For Shane Gaumont at Master Control, thank you all for watching tonight. We had huge numbers. I'm not surprised because you are my sick army. You are my sick community. We'll be back tomorrow night. Once again, special time, 7 p.m. Eastern time to recap rounds two to seven to recap the entire draft. Maybe some of those trades come tomorrow. We'll find out what the Montreal Canadians will do with the rest of their draft. We'll find out if they go after a goalie. We'll find out if they trade for a goalie, whatever is going to happen tomorrow. We're going to talk about it tomorrow night at 7 PM. Once again, thank you all for watching on what was a three hour and 42 minute podcast. I enjoyed it. I had fun. I hope you did too. For all of you, my sick army, my sick community, thank you very much. For Yellow and Sammy in Orlando, Florida, with Mickey Mouse at a convention for families of SMA, their Cavallaro, 
am Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.